comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Ernave, we're talking It Follows. And we're going all spoilers on this one, so turn your heads and look out behind you. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe Gutentag. Out Now is a film podcast, which has Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review most times, and then most jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 185, 185. We're getting there. I mean, it's pretty close to 190. It's Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And this week we're talking It Follows... The uh, the new horror movie that went from a, from a small release to a wide release, and I'm hoping that many people were able to check out It Follows this past weekend, even though the box office doesn't suggest as much. But for people listening to this podcast, I hope you guys got to check it, because we are going to go a little spoilery on this one. We're going to try and review it as, you know, as we can without doing so, but I think we're going to, we're going to, I think we want to discuss gonna, this movie yeah. more than the average length because of just things that happen in it and how much more fun it'd be to talk about it, you know, full on. So, exactly. Yeah, we're going to talk about It Follows. So, you know, you can listen to this podcast up to a point if you haven't seen it. And, you know, then I'd encourage you to go out and see it and then come back and finish the podcast. But regardless, if you don't want to be spoiled on Follows, just know that we will be spoiling the movie. Um, so, with all that said, joining us to talk It Follows and everything else we do this week on the podcast, we have from VeryAware.com, he was trailing me on the way to this podcast, it's Peter Paris. <laughs> hey guys! How are you doing, Peter? I'm good, I'm, uh... It's not creepy at all, Peter. You know, just trailing air. Yes, I, it's, uh, I walk very slowly, though. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just, uh, just chilling. I'm looking forward to watching that, uh, Scientology documentary on HBO later tonight. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, that's tonight. Yeah, like, is it going clear? Getting clear? Something like that. Yeah. I'm about to set that DVR now. I didn't realize that was on HBO. <laughs> yeah, that's like the big documentary. Yeah, I can't wait. That so. makes sense. It's the week between like everything wrapped up last week with like girls, and right, the, right, next, right, week, right, next right, week yeah. is Game of Thrones. Right. Or like two weeks from now is Game of Thrones. Oh, you're right. I think it's, I think Mad Men is. It's the Frank Sinatra says, things is uh is two is two weeks for like tonight's week tonight's thing. the finale of Walking Dead, right? Yeah, tonight's Walking Dead finale, and then next week's Mad Men. That's AMC HBO. Right. Meanwhile, we have just a documentary, and then this like Frank, this Frank Sinatra thing. So I want to see too. HBO's got things, guys. By the way, that's what we're saying here. We're sponsored by HBO. <laughs> we you know recommend the, <laughs> the service. Uh, so you know, well, get that HBO money. That's what I'm always saying. <laughs> exactly. I want that HBO. Money. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it leads to the Apple money. That's what I want. That's like because they're you know they got that streaming deal with Apple. So I figured if we plug HBO, maybe Apple will be like, you know what, those guys are pretty cool, and then they like you know put us on the the list all the time. I mean, we're on the front page sometimes. No, Some, we're yeah, not. we're on we're the what's hot area. Sometimes we've been on, we've been on the what's hot for a little while. I've been noticing it. I, I keep track. What are we talking about? Um, this uh, is, we're uh, talking about a full-on spoilers for Smartwater. We're talking for Smartwater. Thank you. Yeah. Also, we're just going to throw in every advertise. Anyway, what are we doing? This is the movie podcast. We're talking about movies. Uh, speaking of which, we have a new commentary track out. I know you listeners love the commentary tracks that we do, and so Brandon Maxwell and I, who you guys might also know as us being the hosts of the Icapod Crane Cast or the short-lived Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast, which recapped last year's season of Twenty Four. Well, we all reunited. 
for a commentary track for Too Fast, Too Furious in anticipation of the upcoming Furious 7. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's available on iTunes and everywhere else you can find our podcast now. If you want to listen to Too Fast, Too Furious commentary or need a reason to watch Too Fast, Too Furious again, there you go. Question, uh, does 2 Chains show up on the podcast? No, this was before the time of 2 Chains. Ah, all right. No. If, if, if this was the, the, the Fast and Furious 6 pod tra- commentary, then we'd have 2 Chains on. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So um, make sure. No problem. Anyway, um, iTunes Breeze Rating is also good to get those. It helps out our show, helps other people find our show. So, you know, if you like our various bonus commentary episodes, let alone this nonsense that we're doing right now, feel free to log into iTunes and give us a review and or rating, and we'd be happy to, uh, you know, thank you and be happy to get a review or rating, right, Abe? Gracias para todos. So, with all that in mind, let's start the show now. Let's get to a little know everybody, where each week Abe and I both have a question to ask everyone else, and we try to do so. Set the tone for the podcast, I better get to... No, no everybody. everybody. All right. So, Abe, why don't you start this one off? If you guys are being chased by something or someone, where would you guys go to try and give it the ultimate confrontation? The public pool? Oh, try to give it the ultimate confrontation. Yeah. Not just, so like, avoid st- it? So the standoff, not hiding. The, yeah, the standoff. I have a hiding answer. Well, that I'd actually want to know that too. So if you want to add on to it, feel free. Well, because like I already have that in mind. So let me just answer, let me just answer that right now. I get on the train from Snowpiercer, and then you know I'm just always on the train. And you're just always moving all the time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but if it gets on the train, then you're screwed on. the How to get on the train? It can't get on. It doesn't stop. Can it take one one of the the physical forms of the people on the train? It it follows you. When would it get to the train? Mm, all right. Okay. Well, we'll get into that later. But it, where's your confrontation spot? Confrontation spot. Um, like a ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, yeah, it already has could, a lot of difficulty moving. They can imagine, be slowed down a lot, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I imagine like if it's in a ball pit, it's like, whoa, now, now what do I do? That yeah, or the moon. Two X's for sure. The moon. The moon. I mean, how it got to the moon after I just gave my Snowpiercer example, I don't know. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> if it's on the moon, all bets are off, I think. Peter? <laughs> um, wait, so confrontation-wise... I mean, I actually thought the pool was a pretty good idea. Anything else? For, strangely, I want to say something like, um, remember that scene in Gone Girl where he uh, he takes a- Amy to that weird, um, it's like, it's, it's like a, is it a bakery in the morning? Yeah, the sugar and, storm. Right, so basically sugar. So it's sugar or paint or anything. That so makes- basically so, so, so other people can see it? Right, yes, that's basically the idea, that you're in a room where it's like, yeah. So. Okay, new plan then. We go to Nickelodeon Studios and slime it. Oh, and then, yeah. and then we throw, and, and then, then we throw, then we throw it into like Nickelodeon guts, uh, like obstacles. So it's like fighting the aggro crag and pools and all kinds. Why did of they stuff. do that in Hollow Man? Damn it! They did do that. Oh, they didn't. They were. They did throw stuff all over it. <laughs> but yeah, we slime it. That's that's the new answer. That's what I have now. And put it on the aggro crag. Jonas. Yeah, or put it in like Legends of the Hidden Town. Just any Nickelodeon show, basically. I <laughs> mean, just to throw <laughs> this thing in, just to see how it win. Um, <laughs> I have a question. Right. You know, it's funny you say Nickelodeon. Yeah. A friend yeah. of mine who saw It Follows said that there was some show on Nickelodeon called What Are You Afraid Of? Yeah. Do you do you remember this? I don't remember this at all. I only remember Are You Afraid of the Dark. I don't remember oh, no, no. I'm sorry. That's what it is. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, okay. You don't remember Are You Afraid of the Dark? No. And she said well, you're much there's... older than we are. So. Right. Uh, I'm 85. And so she said that there's an episode where 
basically the scene of the big, big pool of blood, she says that that's really reminiscent. It reminded her of the Nickelodeon of that episode. And I was like, really? I, like I don't it. quite recall that because, I mean, Are You Afraid of the Dark was a solid like campfire horror anthology show, but at the same time, it wasn't very explicitly gory because it's on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. <laughs> so. she, yeah, but she, I don't know. She said she remembers something of a pool of blood. And I was like, really? I was like, she's like, yeah. She's like, she's like, she's like, it was really well done. And it follows. She's like, but that's what it reminded her of. And I was like, interesting. Oh. Cool enough. All right. All right. My question: What would be the worst possible thing to you to to find following you? Uh, a twenty foot tarantula. That okay. That's pretty spooky. What would be the worst thing? I guess if it's like following you, but at the same time, is it, it still? It, it, it kind of be oh, hold on. It kind of be like a comedy of errors, eh? Because it'd be like hiding behind a tree at some point. <laughs> it'd be like what, <laughs> who's behind that tree? It's a twenty foot tarantula. So, legs. You know, it can't. <laughs> is it still? Is it following slow still? Oh yeah, it's still slow. Okay, so I can't say like I mean because obviously like a weird, you know, a drone, a plane, a drone or something would kill me in a second, so that wouldn't be good. But uh, if it's moving slow, hmm, I don't. What would be the weirdest? The, the worst thing. I think it'd be either the Grimace or the Burger King. Probably the Burger King, actually. No, no, Grimace would be. Well, no, Burger King, like with that with that really spooky mask. The, I don't know the other Burger King you're referring to, but yes, the King. Uh, the Burger King Kids Club. I, I didn't say Burger King. I said the Burger King. <laughs> yeah, that guy's pretty spooky. The Grimace, I'd be like, I'd just give up, because nothing can stop the Grimace. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like Five Nights at Freddy. Hmm, you know, I don't know. What would be the weirdest... Like, I mean, I guess, honestly, there are there's a lot of pretty... You know what really creeped me out is, the, um, is that uh, the creepy... <laughs> Creepy undead Ted Danson from Creepshow. That's a good one. All right, that was pretty yes, creepy. Yes. Like that, like that creeped me out when I first saw that, and I was little. Like so, maybe something like that. I'll go with that. All right, that's good. All right, <laughs> that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. All right, let's move on now. Let's move on from that. That fun. Um, let's get to a little uh, no quickies. Jim. Each week and out now we have one main movie of the week that we talk about. We have other movies that we talk about during the week that we talk about. quickies. Oh, what happened to the TM? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I was it. gonna make a comment, but I was like, "Oh no, I gotta finish the TM." I did. It. Abe, yeah. have you seen any other movies this week? Pass. So no. No. No, nothing. You didn't watch anything. You didn't start Bloodline with friend of the show Kyle Chandler. No, I didn't. Even though we talked about it last week with a uh, friend of the show Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Peter, have you seen any other movies this week? Wait, did I see while you were young? While we're young this week? You can whenever you saw the last thing, you can talk about it. Yeah, I saw while while we're young. That's the no Noah Baumbach movie. Noah Baumbach. Did you see yeah. it? I have not seen it yet. No. Um, I. You want me to tell you what I thought of it? Yes, that's yeah. the idea. <laughs> um, um, I I liked it, but um, I overall like. I know Courtney had a lot of who you just brought up. Courtney had a lot of issues with it. I. I would, I somewhat agree with her, but I wasn't as hard on it. So was that, um, in general, what I like about Noah Baumbach's stories is I tend to like his kind of, you know, slice of life of modern intellectuals in New York or L.A. or whatever, which which means for me that it's more about like acting and dialogue and ideas. It's not really about plot. And in the second half of While We're Young, it becomes kind of plot heavy. And I kind of felt like the plot heaviness um, just to me felt kind of like obvious. However, that being said, the ending um, was very satisfactory. Like I was like, I was like, wow, that's very satisfying. I was like that actually, even though I had some issues with the plottiness of it, it ended well. So, so overall, that, I thought it was pretty good. 
to backtrack a bit, this is the movie of Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts, Adam Driver, and Amanda Seyfried, if I'm under- correct, right? That's correct. Yes, yes. And, and a Beastie Boy. One of the Beastie Boys. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. Um, Adam, uh, what's his name? Wait, like, no, it, I don't remember seeing... Yeah, he's, he's Ben Stiller's... He's in the trailer. He's, he's like, in the, in the credit listing. Um, Wait, that is him? That's yeah. the, the Beastie Boys? Yeah, what? that's... Uh, what's his name? Adam Horowitz. I was right. Fuck you guys. Yeah. AD. <laughs> oh, Adrock. Wait, is that really Adam Horowitz? Yes. Wow. He's on the poster. <laughs> no, I just... I, I, I did not even recognize him when I was... And I was a, I was a huge Beastie Boys fan. I can't believe What are you I, doing over here? You, wow. <laughs> I can't believe that that's... Yeah, that's like he's like the married couple that they're friends with or whatever. Or something. I think I part of it is that he's not talking like this. Yeah, that helps. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Huh. Is, um... My problem with some Noah Baumbach films is that the characters just all have very acerbic attitudes, and it rubs me the wrong ways. Where like it worked with me in the Squid and the Whale, just because I think that movie just works for what it's doing. But like Margot at the wedding was like, this is just too mean. Like everyone's mean in this movie. I stopped watching that movie like uh, within ten minutes. But then I really liked um, Francis Ha, which didn't have that attitude. Which is oh, Fr- Francis Ha is probably like... his best movie. I would agree. Which, that so... was a that was a noise saying that yes, I agree with you. And I agree. Yeah, I like Greenberg as well. Um, I like Greta Gerwig in general. I think she's a good actress. So you know, I just like I tend to like movies that hurt. Well, I like Green- and I like Greenberg also. Yes, mm-hmm. I would agree. But would you say it has the same kind of does the attitude of of while we were young? Does it have? Is everyone too smart for their own good and mean because of it, or is it more broad? I guess. <laughs> I think it's more that he's he is kind of like Greenberg. The Ben Stiller character is very suspicious of the the millennial, the twenty something generation, the mm-hmm. the entitled kind of hipster generation. And it works to a degree. Um, it doesn't. I wouldn't say it's mean as much as it, it's less mean and maybe more paranoid. He's okay. really paranoid about it, if that makes sense. And it's better than Larry David and whatever works the Woody Allen film. I mean, that's that's a random joke. I don't need. To I would have tried. To, I would have tried to do a Larry David impersonation, but I'm not very good at it. Uh, it probably would have been pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty okay. Um, <laughs> I saw Kill Me Three Times. Um, this is a hitman comedy starring Simon Pegg, among others, and uh, a lot of Australians playing Australian. Uh, you have Sullivan Stapleton, actually, from 300, who plays Australian because he's Australian. You have, um, what's your name, Teresa Palmer, who's generally playing English roles, even though she's Australian. And a lot, and, and it has uh, my second favorite, Hemsworth, Luke Hemsworth. Um, he's in there, The too. Luke Hemsworth? The Luke Hemsworth. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Probably the best-known Hemsworth, as I would say, but um, definitely, right? Uh, but this is a hitman comedy. It's coming on VOD pretty soon. Uh, it's not offering much new in the kind of hitman comedy genre, but I mean, it it has some moments. I, Simon Pegg's like fun as this kind of central character, and like these, it's like three different stories all connected in some way. It's it's all right. It's okay. It looks a little bit uh, convoluted from the trailer, actually. Yeah, it's this not, guy trying to kill that guy. That guy's trying to kill this guy. Not, Let's all kill all, everybody. It's not at all hard to follow. It's just like okay. it's it's very like Guy Ritchie light. Oh wait! wait your last—I just story. realized, um, Aaron. Your last movie was not Ex Machina. No, oh, okay. like two weeks ago. Or oh. <laughs> I'm hoping to see that this week. I'm hoping I watched to see that. I watched Thursday. This one like last night. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's much more recent. That, <laughs> yeah. that counts. And I already talked about Ex Machina. Well, I kind of did. We, we're going to talk about it on the main episode at some point. So I don't want to okay. get too far into Couple it. Couple weeks. It's definitely a movie that I saw. Um, <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Now cookies. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to movie trailer talk. Where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week and uh, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. Actually, because we're talking this about week, it, because we're talking about it follows, and I'm already kind of behind on various trailers. We've we 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 
we have so many trailers to talk about in recent weeks that we we kind of lose track. We figured if I'd follow, let's talk about all the the horror movie trailers that have like recently come out. And uh, so we have uh, three that we're going to discuss today. And the first one we're going to talk about is in Insidious Three. And this is the, of course, the third entry in the Insidious franchise, uh, began by James Wan and Lee Wannell. James Wan's busy doing some car movie that comes out soon. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, the Insidious Three is, is written and directed as his directorial debut by Lee Wannell. Uh, the film is apparently a prequel to the first two Insidious chapters, um, and it doesn't supposedly does not involve the uh, the the Lambert family, I believe, is the the name, yeah, Roseburn and Patrick Wilson's characters. And this one focuses on a whole new set of people with Dermot Moroni in the lead. Yeah. Well, that said, we were I, Abe and I we were not big fans of Insidious two. In fact, we kind of hated it. Uh, if I'm recalling correctly, right, Abe? That's correct. Peter, were, are you a fan of the Insidious films? I think the first one's very good, and I thought the second one... But e- even James Wan himself has kind of disowned it, so it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. Yeah, I mean, he had, supposedly he had no prep time, and... Well, like, yeah, he was coming, yeah. like, off The Conjuring. <laughs> like well, making this well you, know what's, you know what's weird for me was that I went to... I went to a screening of The Conjuring, and then 48 hours later, I went to a really early screening of insidious 2 which is weird because that that like opened four months like i mean like yeah, it, it, it was, was it was a yeah i don't know how that happened and i was like so bummed out with insidious i was like oh my god this is so terrible i was like this is the guy who just did the conjuring um so no i think i mean i think the trailer for the new one by default looks better but i, but I, <laughs> I don't know if i don't know if i need more insidious i i guess that you know, it's ironic because the other trailer we're going to talk about, it's weird because part of the comparison with Insidious yes. came out is that it's kind of like a new poltergeist. And I, but, but even though I liked it, I was like, no, she's great. The woman, who's the woman who's the, you Lynn know, Shea. she's great. She's great. Yeah. And like it, it works, you know, it's a pretty effective, like uh, horror film. I think Conjuring is probably overall a better overall movie, but I don't agree, but that's me. I'm, really? I'm, I, I I'm not, I'm not big on the Conjuring. Her, but... Like I'm not big on the Conjuring. Like a lot of people out there are. Really interesting, uh, but I but yeah, Insidious Two just felt like it was just it was the the problem I had with Insidious Two is kind of the problem I had with um most most um horror sequels. Uh, don't get me wrong, there are ones I like. I mean, I think the Friday Thirteenth movies are a lot of fun, but but um the problem I usually have with like a Paranormal Activity or Insidious when you make a sequel is that like the more you kind of explain the backstory of whatever the mysterious thing is, the less scary it becomes. And so that's kind of all Insidious. As I recall, a lot of Insidious 2, right, is them like, they're kind of explaining exactly who this person was and what its childhood was. And it just really blows the air out of it for me. My, my problem with Insidious 2 was that I actually like the story. It's just everything that was done to make it work was bad. Like, I didn't like the execution of it at all. I thought there was a good way to do it. And they tried the, They're using a lot. There's a lot of Back to the Future 2 going on in Insidious 2, which is, as, I, as I recall. Well, I like that about the series itself is just that there's callbacks to the first one uh, that you've seen already. And you're like, oh, well, now I know who that boy Who's pointing is my my problem was just the execution of all of it. I thought it was very yeah. laughable. Like I think pa- everything Patrick Wilson did was like shot to be like the most over the top horror that just made it funny. And so I was like, well, the first Insidious scared me. This one's just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I know. I I, I totally agree. So um, with, this, with this third one, and I was excited for Insidious too. Also, I thought you know having Jason. Jason James Wan and Lee Wannell back to like write and direct the second one it was like well at least it's in good hands and I was like well that that didn't turn out to be true 
So this this third one is like I don't I don't know what to expect. I'm kind of I mean I here here's I like I like Dermot Mulroney. I'm always a fan of Dermot Mulroney. I mean here's the big question. Here's the big question. What is worse for you? Because they're because they're both somewhat related to James Wan, and they're both fast tracked movies. Annabelle or Insidious Two? That's a fun question. Mm. Um, I, I know that say, you hated Annabelle. I would say Annabelle. Anna, Anna, Annabelle is worse because it's not it's not well made. I would say if Insidious Two, it's not executed well, but I'd still say the film the filmmaking is good because James Wan's a good director. Whereas Annabelle is you know one of the like what the second unit directors on yeah, some of his other movies second, or something. Uh, it's like. And it's just it's just terrible. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't see. I I do not think Annabelle is this. Te- I mean, I'm not gonna defend Annabelle, but, <laughs> I, mean, like, but I, I I really don't. I was gonna have a fight with you right no, now. No, I just don't. I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I'm kind of if I had seen Annabelle and it wasn't related to the the Conjuring, which of course is weird because it is, but it was just some movie on Netflix. And granted, a lot of those direct to video. Well, they're the equivalent of direct to video on Netflix. There's so many of those mediocre things I see on Netflix because I like horror films. If I had seen Annabelle that way, I'd be like, meh. I'd be like, as Aaron would say, I'd be like, yeah, that was a movie. You know, I'd be like, all right, whatever. It's yeah, just that I mean, it's, it's so... It's, and I think I described this in my review of it to that t- to that point where it's like some people are going to walk out of this thinking, well, it wasn't terrible. It's I, I can't just give things a pass when I know there's better <laughs> horror out there. It well, is, no, no, it's bad, it is bad, as bad as Insidious down. 2 is, I, at least I do think there's there's some... There's some good. There's some interesting stuff going on in terms of how it's made. There's nothing interesting about how Annabelle's made. It's just so straightforward. That's part of my issue with it. Beyond being, you know, stupid and poorly acted and everything else, it's like it's it's just it's so flat and it's it's like here's a jump, here's another jump, here's a thing popping out of you. Like there's nothing creative well, about it. Wouldn't you? I mean, again, again, you're, I would agree with you on the execution, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with the idea, even though they really had to make stuff up in order to make this 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 spin-off movie but yeah. I don't mind the idea of bringing in like it's the 60s it's the Mans- or the 70s and it's this like whole Manson cult thing which is I'm- why I think the first 10 minutes are great I mean I was really, say, that's not a bad idea that's a better movie that the first yeah. 10 minutes that's scary like there's good stuff there then it's you know boring doll movie well then it becomes <laughs> kind of like a Rosemary's Baby ripoff I mean yeah, like exactly <laughs> yeah, which is weird. Well, actually, it's very much right because aren't the characters' names the names of the like the character? The woman is Mia, right? Which is Mia Farrow, and yeah. then the guy's name is Nick, which is Nick Cassavet. Mm-hmm. Or no, 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 no John Cassavet. Well, his, his son's Nick Cassavet. That's true. But director of the other woman. <laughs> and it's just weird because it's like it's like it's like well, so clearly you know you're making a Rosemary's Baby reference, but this let's, is let's move on from this. We're still talking about this for some reason. But anyways, but... anyways, so <laughs> Abe, do you think the trailer's any good? <laughs> Okay. I mean, <laughs> All right, let's move on. To the, the next movie ties in, so let's move on. Let's get to the next one. Insidious three. Insidious three. We okay. might see it. Boom. <laughs> Poltergeist is the next movie we're talking about. This is the remake of Poltergeist, obviously. And while I'd be quick to shun, not shun, but quick to kind of poo-poo something like this, it's directed by Gil Cannon, whose name you might not recall until I say he directed Monster House, which I think is an underrated animated family comedy that's really solid. Oh, I like Monster House. And it's produced by Sam Raimi and Robert Tappert. Uh, I I tend to like, I mean, as opposed to the um, Platinum Dooms remakes, I actually tend to like the Sam Raimi produced movies in terms of in the horror world, where I like the Evil Dead remake quite a bit. Um, the Grudge, I know a lot of people like that. And there's other ones that he's been, 30 Days of Night has a lot of good moments. Um, so having them involved on a Poltergeist remake with like the, 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 uh, the trump card being, hey, Sam Rockwell stars in it. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board for something like that. That's that's where I am. But uh, what do you guys think? Abe, you want to go first? Yeah, go sure. for it. Uh, it looks okay. It looks actually very interesting. I'm glad that they're not 
kind of having the same kind of it's basically the same setup i'm saying what what am i thinking it's like a house in the suburbs built on a it's pretty yeah it's pretty indebted to the original but i like how uh it's not the same characters per se it is modernized you know they got people with iphones and whatever else uh the only thing that that uh really bothered me a lot was the clown that clown was looking pretty ragged and spooky and i'm not a big fan of that but otherwise the trailer looks kind of fun movie looks like it's uh, gonna be something that uh, people should go check out my problem with that kind of thing, and that's, I think it stems back to like my problem with like the Omen remake, where when you have a clown like that that looks so obviously evil, it doesn't make yeah. it scary to me anymore. It's like, why would you even have this to begin with? Right. And like, it was, it was like, a hand-me-down from his grandfather. Don't go. I mean, and that's probably what it will be, but at the same time, it's like, of course it's evil. Which is like, I watched that Omen remake with that kid. It's like, well, in the in the original Omen, the kid doesn't necessarily look evil. Whereas I watched the remake, yeah. it's like, well, of course he's evil. Look at him. Why would you like, just look this evil. guy? Like, <laughs> Peter, what do you think? Um, I didn't like the trailer, but I can't deny that I think that you're right. It looks it looks better made than a normal remake, which is good, and it's got some good actors. I mean, Sam Rockwell's great and everything. But honestly, it's interesting. Abe just brought up the modern thing. I don't think it's modern enough. I don't think adding an iPhone and having the screen go blah that to me is not enough. Like to me, that's the biggest problem I had is that like. Like one of the, one of my favorite horror series that's been remade a bunch of times is the Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I don't think that they're all equally good. I think if I'm right, there's four of them. There's four but, of them, and but two of them each, are good. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, there's two good ones, but but each one each one tries to take their spin on the pod thing, and I guess I feel like the the 80s is very much like the the TV generation, like, you know, the, the, the boob tube, everyone's in front of the television and like, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? And everything that's not really the generation we're in anymore. So I feel like if you're going to take the poltergeist idea, you could still have the girl disappear and all that, but it wouldn't be a big television anymore. I frankly, I just don't buy that. I'm just like, this doesn't work. I'm like, it works because they're like, well, that's the iconic shot of her. But it, and also it wouldn't be a staticky screen because nobody's that drives me. That kind of stuff really drives me crazy where I'm like, this wouldn't be like this, but it's digital. Maybe maybe (laughs) it it would just say, it just have like a message floating on the screen that says your service is not connected right now. Right. Or or (laughs) HDCP connection glossed or whatever. Like, I mean, but, but like, but that said, that said, that doesn't mean it can't be fun. Right. It just to me means that it ultimately it can only really be like a B. It can't be to me an A would have to be. You need to find a new spin on it and make me go, "Wow, you've reinvented," you know, Poltergeist. And I don't think so. Like, but but again, totally could be good. It's a good cast, and of course, I want to see it. And I would also agree uh, with Aaron that um, I I do. Is it Ghost House Pictures? Is that the Ghost is, House is that, Pictures? Yes, I like. Yeah. I mean, I love Drag Me to Hell, obviously, which is Sam yeah, Raimi. That's but, Sam Raimi directed, And I yeah. liked the Evil Dead remake a lot. Uh, there you go. So, so yeah, no, I'm see the Evil Dead remake. That one did change things. It didn't have an Ash character. They didn't have like at the end, kind of, but but the actress is not at all um, like what's his name? Oh my god, Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. Like they totally went in a different direction, and it works, you know. So, but anyways, but, but yes, of course, I do want to see Poltergeist. So definitely curious, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm curious if there's going to be reports of Steven Spielberg secretly directed it by Kale Gilkin inside, but uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. So, by the way, uh, let's see. I gotta back up a bit. Um, I think what Poltergeist comes out like June. Um, June, yeah. Oh, and Jared Harris, good cast. Jared Harris is in there. I like Rosemary good. DeWitt's in there. I yeah, mean, yeah, they all look good. I mean, Jane Adams, good cast. Uh, Poltergeist is May twenty second, so <laughs> this Memorial Day weekend, get your ghost on. And uh, Insidious Three is June fifth, by the way. Um, thank you. 
Um, and so now our last trailer we're going to talk about, uh, the most di- different, I think, of the, between those two, which are, you know, very haunted housey, uh, this is Maggie. Uh, this is a, a smaller film that stars Arnold Schwarzenegger um, and Abigail Breslin. Um, it's set in this kind of post-apocalyptic world where zombies exist, I guess, and Schwarzenegger's daughter gets infected, and he has to figure out what to do with her as she slowly transforms into a zombie. And did I mention it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as a loving father dealing with character in a drama? In a drama. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you guys think of this trailer? Let's start with Peter. I got yeah, I got an email as as you probably did from I forgot what what PR company sends that for this, and I was like Maggie. I was like Arnold, what is this? <laughs> I like I I clicked on it, and then and of course there's a lot of those there's a lot of uh, pull quotes from some people I think we might know, and it's like oh Arnold, fantastic, and everything. But what was tricky was that the trailer, even though I really hope this is good, um, and, and it doesn't seem like Arnold's doing his normal shtick, which is good, there's not a whole lot of emoting from from Arnold that I'm – so I'm not sure. Like, I, I hope it's good. I'm getting the weird – you know what? It's weird. I'm getting – even though it's um, – even though it's zombie, even though it's like fantasy, I'm getting the weird Stallone Copland vibe. Like yeah, I'm getting no, it. That's that's what I think. And which I, is not I, necessarily bad. Yeah, I mean like, Arnold's like attempt at that was End of Days, which is not a good movie, but that was kind of a similar right, way yeah. he tried to do it too. So I'm. <laughs> uh, I, I I guess I feel like I want to see. I'm curious to see a, a scene with Arnold, maybe emoting a little more. The the way the cuts are, it's like he's kind of. He's doing the thing that all trailers do. A lot of trailers do, where he's he's looking off off screen to something that really troubles him. He's doing that a lot, and I'm like, okay, but I, yeah, I can't tell. I hope it's good, but I'm I don't know. I'm not sure how to feel about it. Abe, I, I, I hope that it's good too, and I think that it's one of those situations where uh, if they build up enough of a of a connection between Arnold and Abigail Breslin, you know, uh, the third act might be going where I think it might be going, and that would be very hard to. To watch. Where, where they team up and have to try and get back to the movie theater. Exactly, the yeah. So they're, they're like, uh, it's, there's going to be a helicopter, <laughs> and they're going to have, have fight off Jamie Jack Lee Curtis is going to show up, <laughs> and then it's going to be like Bob's Burgers. So, uh, no, but look, man, Arnold doing this later in his career, I'm fine with it. It's one of those things where I do want to see what it would happen. Abigail Breslin, uh, she's been hot and cold for me as an actress. You know, some things I agree. that I really like her in, and then some things I'm just like, why would she do this? Like, this is not the trajectory that I may have thought for her. But um, the whole entire premise is pretty you, neat you because, like, Chloe Moretz syndrome. Yeah, um, <laughs> but Aaron, you brought up a good point of just. It seems like everyone is aware that there are walkers, zombies, undead, whatever, and they have to be quarantined. Um, I call them zigzags. Zig, yeah, exactly. No, I'm not, I don't call sure. just like the papers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's looks interesting enough. Yeah, I um for one thing, when you say Arnold Schwarzenegger doing his shtick, my mind immediately goes to him sitting in an airplane singing yakety yak. Don't talk back. But um <laughs> the um <laughs> the uh, I, I just actually saw a bit of uh, the Last Stand, which Abe and I were big fans of. Yeah, uh, it was, it was oh, actually, I, it's a fun I liked Last Stand. Yeah, I and um, I do like I do like it's like how are you feeling, Jeff? Old, old, um, yeah. that, uh, <laughs> but um, I I do like Arnold embracing kind of being in this stage of his career, um, which I think does reflect in some of his last movies, not counting the Dependables. Um, but um, I I mean I I think like Escape Plan, which is fun for a B movie, like it does what it does, and um, The Last Stand. I I think he he's 
he's tried to to play up the fact that he you know he is what he is now he's you know he's older he's still and i'm curious what the you know terminator sega genesis is going to be like even though i you know really hate that trailer but uh well, he's well got, although he's he to to what you're saying uh as i recall doesn't he have like a lot of gray hair in that Terminator trailer? Yeah, we've, he we've does. Seen, yeah, yes, seen, yeah, yeah. Again, that's yeah. why well, I'm, I'm curious for, how he plays that one, it. Exactly. I, I want to know what the deal is with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, as I believe it's, it's explained, is Terminators age. You know, they they their bodies are supposed to age and it's get just withered. An, yeah, it's a skin. It is an organic skin, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I guess it ages. Yeah. Uh, but of course, you know, 2014 also gave us sabotage, which is you know awful. So I I, I want things to work out. Whoa, we'll whoa, 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 whoa! Wait. You didn't like Sabotage? Sabotage is one of my worst movies of that year. That was like oh, number like no, two. No, no, Easily. Un- it's, it's underrated. Awful. Underrated. It's, it's wow. an awful, awful movie. Why is Cartel trying to kill some with, of your guys? With, with some of the most creative hairstyles for any of them. And no, uh, it's, totally, I, it's totally underrated. My I, main my main memory is Terrence Howard literally waiting to drive off the movie, and that's like what his role is in that movie. But uh, anyway, okay. uh, Maggie opens uh actually apparently opens on my birthday it opens on may 8th i mean uh, release, I assume, so. arnold knew so he was like let's release it uh, arnold and birthday. zombies things <laughs> i really like in movies yeah. and they're both coming out on my birthday so, so it opens like, there you go <laughs> so it opens may 8th that's the week after the avengers so you're saying that the avengers is going to move to number the number two spot exactly yeah. avengers yeah. is now the number two most we've, we've <laughs> <shared it. laughs> just made a movie on my list yeah, as, far as, as far as birthday movie. i was going to see avengers again on my birthday because hot pursuit doesn't look like it's doing it for me but now that Maggie's coming out. <laughs> All right. So that was a really long trailer discussion. Let's uh, move it. It's thanks for anyone that's sticking around now because they're like, when are they going to get to It Follows? It's, it's only really been 10 minutes. <laughs> Let's get to our It Follows review. And uh, this is where we play the trailer for it. I used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy. Driving along some pretty road. It's never about going anywhere, really. It's having some sort of freedom, I guess. <laughs> Jay, you awake? What are you doing? You're not gonna believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me. And I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for It Follows, a new horror film indebted to the 80s, but full of modern sensibilities as well. Uh, Micah Monroe stars as Jay, a young woman who has had the worst sexually transmitted disease possible passed on to her in the form of a demon of some kind that will always follow her until she passes it on to somebody else. She and her friends attempt to deal with this thing in writer-director David Robert Mitchell's crafty horror film, which has had a wide release this past weekend. Peter Paris, what did you think of It Follows? I loved it. I think think that... Um, I had heard it was the best rated um, American horror film on Rotten Tomatoes since The Evil Dead, the original uh, Evil Dead, which is a little weird because they didn't have Rotten Tomatoes back then. So I don't really I don't really count that when I'm like, I'm like, well, those I would only count something from maybe the 2000s as a comparison. Um, But I would say and I should have looked I should have looked before we did this podcast, but I'm I feel pretty confident and maybe you guys can tell me. Feel pretty confident in saying that I think it follows is probably it might be the best teen horror film 
since Halloween. Now, you might be thinking, but Pete, what about Scream? Scream is great, and I love Scream. Um, and I guess I'm doing some like sc- Scream too more than Scream, but that's some people. Well, no, no, but okay. <laughs> well, let's just say the Scream series. I'm, I'm, I'm. I guess no, I'm, we don't have to say that. We can say Scream and Scream too. I'm, we can, I'm, we can I'm stop sidestepping Scream a little because it's a little. It's more of a. It, it's a comedy, and it's very knowing. I mean, I really like Scream. Um, but as far as a movie that's a that's the whole teen horror films, which means then we don't include the Sixth Sense or the others or the Blair Witch Project. We're like there's a whole bunch of other horror films that I think are you know terrific. I mean this year, last year's Baba Duke or whatever. But if we're just talking teen horror. Uh-huh. I I don't know if there's a better horror. I feel like this movie also probably because of the music and the way it, the composition is. It feels like a, a successor to John Carpenter's Halloween. It feels like he took the slasher thing and the whole like seeing Michael Myers in the background and he kind of gave a new feel to it, you know, and I thought that was really pretty great. I know I really loved it. I think it's an A. In fact, when it ended, I was like, if movie tickets weren't so expensive these days, I, I would have gotten in line and seen it again. I was like, I could, I could watch that again right now. Like, uh, I really loved it. I don't, uh, a friend of our mutual friend of ours, Jeff and Courtney did not like it. Uh, yeah, they're, they're the two. They're the two because it's because I think it's like ninety five percent. So, uh, Aaron, I know you liked it. I don't know what Abe thought, um, well, but let's I, get to I Abe. loved it. Well, Abe, what did you think of it? So I thought that it was very well done. I think that it's a it's a very competent movie, and like what you guys had said, it does harken back to those eighties films like John Carpenter's uh, Halloween, The Thing, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason why is because the music is kind of Tony. It's very like synthesizer esque. And even some of the shots, I mean, they drive around in like this old, old station wagon from the 70s. And um, just the way that they, they set those scenes are pretty much callbacks. Um, I think that there was a lot of hype around it. And I think that I kind of got my hype, myself hyped up a little bit too much. And that's the only reason why when I watched it, I was like, okay, well, I can see what it's going for and I can see what it's doing. But also, why did this happen or why did they do this rather than that? Um, and this I'm sure we really have a spoiler episode, right? Yeah, yeah that, which is what I want to get to. Uh, but uh, for the most part, it is very competent. I mean, the acting in it by the the lead, I forget her name, Micah Monroe. Micah Monroe, very good. I mean, from, it's, she's it's, from the guest, right? She's from the guest last year, yeah. yes, which yeah. is good too. Um, yeah, so she's very good in it because she's got to do a lot of uh, facial emoting, and that stuff really, really bothered me, <laughs> probably the most. Um, so, yeah, it, it certainly is a slow burn of a movie, and I mean that in the sense of, okay, well, uh, you know, you have to sort of uh, get involved with it, and the, the scares... Unlike really... the incredibly fast-paced Halloween, which is non-stop killing oh, no. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, Dude, that movie is, like, still one of my all-times. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Halloween is... No, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but, I mean, for the most part, it, it's one of those movies where you... When you think about it afterwards, it's like, okay, well, yeah, that is kind of spooky. Uh, and also, like what I wrote Aaron, I was like, yeah, on the way home, I just had to look over my shoulder a few times because I wasn't sure. But um, no, I mean, it, it certainly is a very good movie, and it is well made from you know, Robert uh, David Robert Mitchell. Yeah, I, I really like this movie as well. I'm very happy that it got a wide release, regardless of how well it did. I'm just happy that to see something, you know, original horror getting out there into the mainstream and just wanting to see it succeed. I, I think it's a great exercise of style. Uh, I think the just kind of the camera work in this film is terrific. And I say that because that matters. I mean, that's the kind of thing yeah. where it's easy to have jump scares or whatnot. And this movie has a couple of them, which are, I think, well-earned. But there's a lot of, there's just a great sense of dread. Like, I wouldn't say it's like a... It's not a movie where I watch it and I'm, like, on the edge of my seat because of its scariness. I think it's more of, like, 
you get scared after the fact kind of in thinking about it but just while watching the movie it's more of all about this how it's set up and the the tone of the film and the way you're seeing things be being kind of put out there and i think it's very effective in that way i love kind of there's some great lingering camera shots because of this thing following people you kind of get a sense that you're you know always paranoid because there's something around somewhere out there always following and there's there's a couple just great shots of like there's a 360 shot in this movie that's incredible i think um there's some really clever ways to handle framing that i just really enjoy and all of this comes with this amazing soundtrack i mean the, the soundtrack of this film was fantastic and it's very much indebted to kind of the movies it's is calling back to in ways that are more kind of cinematic homages out there rather than like out and out calling out to it but um it's just a it's just a solid horror movie it's it's a uh, it's not a. Uh, it's not funny. <laughs> there's not much. It's not much well, humor. There's, in it. there's a, there's a like, there's couple. Some, there's things a, yeah, there's some that the characters do. There's but, some banter that right. makes it kind of humorous, but it's it's definitely a movie that you know has a sorrow sorrowful tone because of you know what the setup is, what's going on in it, and yeah. I I really like that it took itself seriously. Like it, it wasn't a movie that was winking at you, like look at how crazy this is and how ridiculous it is. It's more of like no, this is this is some serious stuff and. That you know being mixed with the obvious kind of parallels to what you know the what the reality is or what it's you know what it's kind of calling to, which is obviously like there, there's an argument for sexually transmitted diseases, the most obvious one, even though David Robert Mitchell says that's not really the interpretation he was going for. But there's other things like sexual abuse that come into play too. It's just it's interesting. It's an interesting movie that's yeah. well, really very well made. Um, it also has other things going on. I mean, I feel like um, yeah, there's so there, I mean that's another to me a mark of a really great movie is I feel like. I mean, really, this podcast could be like three hours. Like, I could talk so much about this. Oh, the one thing, well, one, um, just quickly, I would agree. I don't think it's really about STDs when I was watching it. I had heard that. Uh, honestly, to me, when I was watching it, I think it's more about, um, I guess, uh, anxiety and depression. I feel like that that's because, you know, good horror films tend to find a way of like, um, exploring subjects, subject matter that we're interested in right now, and which I is think very that, much the issue right. of a lot of horror movies of the day. They don't have right. much to go to, which is a reflection of society in terms of how you right. want to really I, structure things. But. And I feel like the main character is it May? Is that her? What is it? Jay. Jay? Jay. I feel like I kind of see what Abe means that the actress has to do a lot without talking. A lot of it is this kind of like she's just kind of looking and everything, and I normally in a horror film I like characters that are more chatty because I want them to be able to figure out what's going on and be like alright let's what, what is this how do we kill it it's like that's usually what I usually like which there's some of that in here a little like, there's it, a it little, has a little there's a little goonies in here where they're little, like let's all team up and go to the pool like right, this right. oh that was great and I love that um, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of it is more about and I feel like that that's the that's why I think of the anxiety depression thing where I mm-hmm. feel like it's there something is wrong with their friend and they can't quite penetrate this wall that like she's created and she sees something and she has an anxiety that they, they can't see until that big moment that's which why me, i mean I, I go a little bit further and i say abuse is like the it could also there. yeah Absolutely. and you could also literally say it's an abuse thing too i guess just, i'm just based it, off the, right. the the what's following them the the forms that it takes of right. basically of and, generally older naked people is what the kind of the true. form it that's takes. a good point that's yeah. a good point um and how it dispatches like you see you only you only see there's not there's only like, really one scene right yeah what, and what i was about to say is they're not there's not much gore in this movie like this isn't a very violent this isn't a very violent movie for the most part like there's things in it that make it r-rated i would agree and there's like a there's a shot at the beginning and then there's some implications that go on and some gunshot stuff but there's only one scene where you see it doing something to somebody else 
And what it's doing is something that, again, gave me the instance that, or they thought that, like, there's kind of a sexual abuse yeah, oh, allegory no, going right. on here. Yeah, you are ab- no, you're absolutely right yeah. um, on that. Um, but I mean, one thing, oh, no, go ahead, Abe. Well, just to add on to that, and I, I would think that we're in full spoiler mode here now, um, but that's yes. something that that uh, I thought of too, which is like it's sure you can think of the allegory of it and an SUD tra- and whatever it's else. The, it's the easy that's one. That's the easiest. Make, that's it, what doesn't, I'm saying. it doesn't make it. Yeah. Ho- it doesn't make it wrong. I mean, it just right, right, right. That, and that's the, the one that's very. But the ones that I was thinking of are yes, the abuse and also the whole entire notion of. Um, of uh, what call it? Uh, it's slipping my mind right now. But it's um, but essentially, it's uh, the abuse part comes up because there's the part where they're at the pool, and she's like, "I don't want to describe to you what I'm seeing right now." And later, you find out that it was it took on the image of her father. Yes, and, that's true. And then that's and true. then it pans in into the the photo. And at that point, I was like, "Okay, well, I don't know why it takes on the forms of these people, or you know, whatever it is, uh, does what it does, but." This is almost one of those things where it's like, okay, I feel as though it's trying to say that there's something here more than just an STD uh, allegory. So uh, what we're saying here is is essentially that, you know, take it for what you will, but there's more than than what meets the eye just in terms of the, the straight up, you know, it is it is what this is and that's all that it is. No, no, no. The director probably thought about it a lot and wrote about it from other experiences that he's had as well. What I what I think about when I when it kind of takes on different um, different forms, I kept thinking it was it was relating to just like the the people it was going like how how to best go after somebody. And I think like in the in the kind of the beginning, the first thing you see is just like random naked woman because there's no real obstacle that that's preventing it from getting to to her or to you know to whoever. I guess just more of like we need to get to you, and it doesn't matter who we are. And then there's situations yeah. where like it needs to be like a super tall person because of the strength it has, or it needs to replicate one of their friends because it can get close without her realizing that it's one of her friends. Right. Or it could be a little child because it needs to get through a small hole or, oh, it, could true, be, true. or it could be her father because it's, it, they, it knows that they're trying to trap it somehow. And so it needs to make it a relatable figure to her to make it more difficult to do so. I thought there's yeah. just a lot of creativity in, in, in the way it's exhibiting the rules of the, I love the rules. By the way, I love that this is a movie well, that has rules. I haven't seen yeah, that in a th- while. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I want to bring up too. Which is, I like that they explain that. They explain the rules to you as as simple as it is, but they put it up there right up front. Which is, look, man, it's gonna follow you. It's it it always walks. Um, but it's not. But it's in, not. It's not dumb. Yeah, it's yeah. not dumb. And things you always have to be aware of being uh, having two exits uh, at once. Um, and it can take on the shape of anything, even manipulating your own mind and giving and looking like one of your friends or family. And then that's those are the rules. And essentially, it follows all of that, uh, albeit very it tensely. It follows. It follows. It follows. It follows. Yeah. Right. Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels, the butler. Yeah. Thank but, you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it follows the rules, and it, it's it certainly is a, a tense movie because it's not so much horrific; it's kind of suspenseful and thrillerish. Because I'm not expecting blood and guts. Um, you can kind of tell that's not, not going to be that movie. Exactly. Yeah, it's just not that kind of movie. But you know, there's instances where she's laying in a hospital bed, and all you hear is the click clack of feet, and you're right. wondering, yeah, you're yeah. what's going to yeah, happen that's, here? That sense of dread is great in this movie. Yeah, and and that's really why this movie. Again, I think that it's very competently made. There are some things that I'd like to ask you guys. Like, well, why didn't she just like lock it in a, a cylinder, like a four door, you know, cylindrical block of cement? You know, and just keep a camera on it. Or uh, why does the guy 
have to strap her in a wheelchair to make her see these things. Like, I don't understand well, why, okay, I, why that well, would happen. Well, two of those things. Uh, the first one, that's more of like a, where is she going to get like a room that she can do this to? And I think the idea is that it can get out of this in some way. It has the, the it, it has the, I mean, if it could change shape, it probably has the powers to get out of a room, like given the nature of the thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's more of like, if you want the four hour version of this movie, you can get the answer to that question, but the movie doesn't need to give you that. Right. Uh, with the strapper to the chair thing, if you're told that someone's going to follow you and kill you unless you sleep with somebody else, you're not going to believe that person. And also, and also, <laughs> he mean, just, need... he, and also, he just like what is that thing when you put the when you chloroform? He chloroform. just chloroformed her. She wakes up. She's going to run away. I mean, <laughs> like absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, she has, like, she has yeah. no reason to believe that there's a supernatural demon that's going to come after her until she sleeps with somebody. No, like, he yeah. need, he totally needs to be. He I was waiting a... for I was waiting for you to see it. That's the yeah, big he, thing. Yeah. Like, so okay. no, I'm, I I think that's fine. He needs her. He needs her to yeah. understand that this is not a joke. This is not some like this. This this is not the thing I do to all the girls. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is this is something horrible that's going to happen right. to you if you don't listen up and pay attention to these rules right now. And here's yeah. a crazy naked woman that's going to kill you unless you move away. And let's go now. Yeah. But one of the things that were uh, I thought that it might have been gone and it would have been cool and this is kind of what i was alluding to earlier which i couldn't really name because uh, it was slipping but i thought it could have been like this cool psychological movie too of like yes i'm seeing all these things and you guys aren't but it's all in my mind uh and i just can't escape it and that kind of goes into the deep dark depression and uh whatever else but you know when they go to the beach and the physical things happen like when the chair hits that kid or he gets knocked away i was like okay well i guess they can't go with that aspect anymore yeah. how crazy yeah how crazy is it when they also realize that this is real and the movie like allows you to see that by understanding that it's not just that she sees it it's that they can all just they can interact with it in some way it's just it, right it's just, it's just it's invisible it's, and it's right. crazy because of that <laughs> yeah and it it's got some clever thoughts so i mean where they're going with that is just uh, when she's uh, basically gives it onto one of her ex-boyfriends and he's like, I haven't seen anything for three days. And I was like, oh, wow, I wonder if they're going to go with the with the whole entire, like, I, she's just crazy kind of thing. But later, you know, it comes in the form of himself as she sees it. And that's, that's actually kind of creepy, There's too. some really, yeah, the way it... I mean, the way it reveals itself is consistently clever in my eyes. It's really loved every time. See, again, this is this is the weird thing where we I can go back to when we were talking about Insidious and about what I don't like about a lot of horror sequels um, is that filling if, in the blanks. If this movie was is super big and they did a sequel, they're going to do some dumb thing like. Oh, it was some child that was abused in Probably. the 1920s. And I'll be like, oh, who cares? Like, yeah. And that ruins it. And I'm just like, I don't care about that. You know, like, um, I think that like. I, uh, I don't know. The curse of Michael Myers made it better. Yes. He's invincible. I remember on the box, on the box it says, the curse of Michael Myers makes the original even better. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, like, IndieWire. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. IndieWire. <laughs> right. I really, I, the other thing I want to say that like, um. With, without going getting away from just the the like the mythology or the yeah, the, yeah. the hornets, I gotta say I thought it really and I have not seen this in a while, but I feel like um, any movie can do this, but maybe horror films get to do this a little more. But well, I mean, I remember the first time I saw Halloween and Jamie Lee Curtis is. You know, I'm surprised. I'm assuming we could talk about the end of Halloween. Like, uh, I'll but, allow it. <laughs> <laughs> this time Jamie, only, Peter. Right, Jamie Lee Curtis's 
killed the boogeyman and she's in the foreground and then and then there's that great shot of michael yeah. Myers sits up slowly and he, his head turns yeah. and supposedly because i wasn't there because i'm old but i'm not that old but supposedly the audience is freaked out when that happened it was one of the most chilling like things and i thought what was really good about it follows was they kind of train or not kind of they do uh, they train the audience. You, as an audience member, get used to every shot. You start looking to see every person in the background, and is that? Yeah. And I think that's a really great thing if a movie can do that. If they can visually go, okay, you are now starting to do this because of the character situation. Not a lot of movies. Not a lot of movies have that opportunity to because it's just not in the story. But in this, I was like, wow, that is so cool. They really got me. You know, and I've got to say, I would agree with you that while I was not terrified when I was watching it afterwards, last night when I was going to sleep, I always sleep with my um, I sleep in a one bedroom apartment, and I I always have my door open so the cats can move about. And there was a weird part of me that's like, do I want that door open? Like, do I? <laughs> I don't know. What if I see something coming towards me? Like, and that that's that's a pretty good that I I got to say that's a. That's a good mark, man, that it like yeah. it really resonated. I was like, wow, that's still on my mind. You know? Yeah, and the so. thing about that is uh, it does get you afterward, too. And, you know, it's, it's subsided since, but it, it certainly is a good mark of a film when you think about it afterward and think about it being possibly real afterward. That's, that's why I like the first couple of Paranormal Activity movies as much as I did, because I it it this, the first one especially, it was like it gave me thoughts afterwards of like, ah, door's moving. Come on. Like, <laughs> Get it together, New Earth. Yeah. No. But, um, <laughs> Wind. Peter, you bring up a great point about training the audience. What I I just know the issue is for a lot of people is that it's just it's too slow and it's not scary, where that's not necessarily the point of the movie. It's that's just what yeah. I mean, it's it's deliberately paced. And, yeah, and it's and, not a movie that's relying on, you know, giant jump scares and things that are frightening you in the moment necessarily. There's things that can creep you out perhaps, but today's audience is not dealing with that in the same way, which is where the movie, it doesn't run into a problem, but there's a, there's something about the, the nature of a film like this, where an audience of today just won't appreciate aspects of it in the same way that if this movie came out in the eighties, an audience would appreciate it or seventies perhaps. I mean, it's right. It, it, it really bums. It's funny because I was talking to Jeff who really hated it. And I said, okay, what? I'm like, you hated it. I'm like, so is it as bad as Ouija? And he said, he's like, well, it's different. And I was like, no way, man. I was like, it it depresses the it depresses the heck out of me to think that there is probably an av- an average teenager audience right now could go see Ouija. And I don't think that I'm not saying that they'll think it's the best thing ever, but they'll react to it the way they're supposed to. They'll be like, yeah. oh, it's fun. That that drives me crazy that, like, yeah. It Follows would be lame to them. <laughs> when you think about it, yeah, they, they've like, seen these movies like Paranormal Activity and Insidious and whatever else. And so they're kind of used to the whole entire – and I'm not saying you in general. I'm just – Well, even those – I mean, Paranormal speaking, Activity and Insidious, I don't think are the best exa- – I mean, those are movies that well, rely still, on old-school tricks, I would yeah, say. Yeah, but they've got, yeah, you know, they, they've, got the, they've got the jump scares. They've got the uh, – I mean, like, I mean, Scream be all, 4 or something like that. Better examples know? would be, like, the Friday the 13th remake or the, sure. the, the Elm Street remake or the – Texas you know, Chainsaw Massacre remake and whatever i mean these movies that rely on you know things popping out at you and there's yeah yeah, yeah. some of them some of them have style to them but some most don't like (laughs) this one which is why this one it it is like it is competently made like you know i'm gonna give it its due credit there and just to bring the example of you know the uh the the aspect of you always being aware like what peter was talking about and aaron's example of the 360 shot is a 360 shot um which is you know that something's there 
but you're not really sure, and then you see it again, and you're like, okay, well, it's definitely there. They've got to do something to get out. And, yeah, I, I think that that's really, really well done. It's just that if you're, if you're the right audience for it, even if you're not the right audience for it, if you can kind of appreciate the, the, the moods that you're feeling, then that's probably what the audience or what the filmmakers want you to get. It's well, just the mood. It's not so much like I, mean, I have to understand that this is what this was done back in 1983 or back in uh, whatever right, 89. Right. It's you just more come of in and put your phone down and watch a movie. And you, yeah, <laughs> you well, have to no, keep no, your yeah. eyes I mean, open. I think I think the reason I use Ouija as an example, besides the fact that Ouija just came out and I don't think any of us really liked it, no, is that Ouija Ouija actually has in theory, a lot in common with It Follows. <laughs> like, it's another story yeah, yeah. about this weird cursed thing that, like, if you play this game and the characters are trying to figure out the rules, but it's so, like, pedestrian and obvious. And, and it's, but I mean, I mean, it, it just, to me, that's why I compared the two. Does yeah. that make sense? That's why yeah, I, I it makes sense. Yeah. But, and the, and the yeah. issue among the many issues of Ouija is it does, it has, no sense of logic no, rules. No like rules. The, there's literally no way to win in the right. world of Ouija. Like it just you get randomly killed because you happen to be involved with the thing that yeah. happened once. Yeah, like, and, and there's no like way to prepare. There's no way to stop the thing from happening. Just to and add so, on to the rules yeah. of it follows. What I really liked is when they say you can drive for as far as you want to try and get a few hours ahead of it, but it's always going to follow you. And that's that. That's actually really uh, something that plays a key role because they've got to go away just so she can to buy sleep. Time. Yeah. Just so yeah. she can sleep. And that that's very very interesting for for you to see now, in, did in you, the film. Uh, what did you guys think of the representation of I guess uh, the teenagers? Not just her, but like you know, there's the kid who likes her. There's the rebel guy. They felt I like mean, teenagers. They felt they like did. a cast out too. of a, like a like a late seventies, early eighties teenage. Yeah, movie. It, it certainly feels like that too. Yeah. There's a, then there's that there's a there's a character that the one character to me that could go so wrong. But it it totally worked for me. Is the girl that is basically uh she's reading the 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 idiot and she's doing these quotes that is basically like in some way tangentially, was... tangentially connected to what's happening. And I was like, yeah. that could be terrible. <laughs> I, I call, that, that I call was... her Velma because she just seems like Velma. <laughs> she's got the glasses. Yeah, she's got the. Glasses. Yeah, she, that was a little bit too on the nose for me, and that okay. that's kind of what I didn't like, okay, which is yeah. like especially the way that they conclude the film is just like okay, well. I guess you can read this quote and that that'll be it. But you know that that's a little bit too much on the nose because she seems to be that character that is trying to you know relay to information from her readings and it's just I agree. Oh, you know what? I would that's, well, with that. I, that's I, the. I would kind of agree with Abe that thinking about it now, it probably is a little too on the nose at the end. But in the, but in general, when she's just using that weird. See, that weird, like it looks like a compact, but it's like a e it's, like a, it's like a clamshell e reader. Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> like, but I, what I what I like is that uh, she she completely embodies what time this movie's set in, even though the movie doesn't really rely on being set in true. a specific era. Yeah. Like it's very much not trying to play up to be a seventies, eighties, nineties aughts movie. Like it's right. just whenever. Um, right. Obviously, you know when cars invent or exist, but um, like, <laughs> but like everything about the movie does not suggest a time except for that character. Like she's like the embodiment of some kind of timestamp, and it makes me. That's like the element that makes me want to like watch it again and just see like how that how that plays a second time around. Like reading it, knowing where the movie's going and what have you. I mean, you I guys, do have some problems with the film too. Go ahead, go ahead, Peter. Well, I was gonna say, did you guys like? Which I'm assuming is another a John Carpenter thing. Did you guys like that they're always watching these? 
you know, old timey fifties yeah. black and white movies that nobody in the real world watches anymore. But like, I well, like it. So well, I, I mean, they're a bunch of hipster kids. It makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah. They're hipster kids that dress like Johnny Depp from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they use VHS tapes. Like, well, it's yeah. it's. I mean, if anything, it's like Brick. Like Brick is set in a world yeah. where the the real world exists. It's just the all these characters yeah. seem to be doing this thing. Like they seem to be acting a certain way. That's what it follows. Felt like to me in terms of how these characters are acting. You know, it's weird to so, me. I actually felt like it. It's funny, we, we keep comparing to John Carpenter, and, and don't get me wrong, I think it's very much there, but I actually feel like there's a weird part of me that feels like the the color schemes and the pacing reminded me of... Uh, there's some Argento in there. Oh, well, I was going to say, but I was going to say, it also kind of reminds me of Blue Velvet, David Lynch. Okay, all right. Like, there's yeah. something about him like, well, I could see these characters in a David Lynch movie. There's like a Lynchian you know? feel, too. I can, I can um, see where you're going with but, that. Sorry, Abe, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say that one of the main issues that I have, and again, it is competent, but I did have problems with it, is just that I don't understand what that whole entire pool thing was all about because it felt as though they were going to do something large there, but nothing comes out of it, really. Well, well, I mean, they were planning on electrocuting it. They yeah, were, that, was, that was their right, plan. Right, they were going to plan on electrocuting it, but it kind of goes haywire, and they it kind of builds haywire. up to it. Um, but Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's either that or just like, oh, it worked. Right, like, yeah. like, that, either worked or point. did it. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, um, I, I, see, I mean, yeah. It doesn't have a. It doesn't spell out what happened because you just like they try to electrocute it. That doesn't work. Then they eventually shoot it in the face, and then it's a then pretty cool just, shot. And it falls in, and yeah, and it fills the pool with blood, and then that's the end of that sequence. Well, it get well. I mean, if anything, that's the shot that communicates to you what you've been trying to reach at in terms of what you thought it could have been in terms of it being in her mind. It's not. It's not in her mind clearly because all the other characters are interacting. All the other, but, yeah, but I don't. Get. But I don't think you necessarily know what she's seeing at that point because the pool fills with blood. But I don't know if you. It does supposed to be just, black. Yeah. I don't know if that's supposed to be just her perspective of things or if it really did fill with blood or did the other character see the blood like i think there's a lot i think there's a lot of ambiguity there which is right. i mean communicated again in the end of the movie where you don't know if it's still falling right <laughs> i mean i feel and like it's wearing a sweater you don't even know right i feel like the end of the movie is supposed to be communicating that it might still be following them but i think the fact and granted this could be considered a little corny but i'm okay with it but i think the idea is is that if we were to go back on what I was saying, this notion of like anxiety, you know, it's, it may be right. It may be some somewhat sexual abuse. The fact that she finally sleeps with the guy who likes her, um, I think that's Paul. Yeah. Maybe she Paul, finally sleeps yeah. with him, and then they ha- they're holding hands at the end. There, you could say that the movie's somewhat implying that like that they are a couple and they will deal with this thing together. And in that way, even though it's not completely gone. It makes them stronger. It's a little corny, but I'm okay with that. I think that's certainly like, part mean, of it. Yeah, and, you can definitely take that away from it. <laughs> but that said, Paul is like a trooper. Like he's taking one for the team because he's like, <laughs> I really love this girl, and I Paul need to. Is... I need. I need to. Fi- I need to do this to get this thing away from her. And also, I'm going to sleep with like horrible prostitute women right. to get this thing <laughs> to, off to of do me. Th- I know, yeah. right? Because th- yeah. they have sex a lot, so I guess that will get this all this away. And I, I, I probably won't explain the rules. I'll just assume that they'll just keep having all this sex and not have I'll to. Just, I'll just let them all die horrifically, and oh. then you know, once it gets to me, it'll get to me. Well, actually, technically, I would think that the prostitutes. Um, probably don't die because if, if we were to say that they are successful prostitutes, they probably pass it on that night to somebody else. So they're probably in the clear in two two sex things, you know. Well, yeah, but then those guys have to go. Well, those guys, but I, yeah, I mean, well, actually, I mean, if they're going to prostitutes, how much sex are they having? Right, that could be true. Right, but um, but here's my question: What did you guys think was the was the intention of 
when they're going to the swimming pool, and honestly now I don't remember if it's the Thelma character, Go but on. somebody Vel, or Velma character. Velma, yeah. Somebody has this weird thing where they're like, Oh, when we were growing up, we were told not to cross eight mile and like, you know, because I'm like, oh, they're in Detroit uh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. What was the and then they and then they get to these old school. The swim, what was the point of that speech? What's the I, point I, of, I think it was just more to set the mood of where they're going. Yeah, uh, I, I, I never I didn't like the way that they did that because uh, I didn't get what that because I'm like, is that a class thing? They're talking about the difference between the inner city and the suburbs. I didn't yeah. get what that was. We'd have I to bring out our Detroit consultant, but uh, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just think it was a way of you know instead of just you know smash cut to the next scene or have banal dialogue about like hey what'd you do I mean I, I think it's right. just more of like building and building the dread even more okay building yeah. the but danger. it certainly yeah, that's they, it. I mean, that, that that said that's one one of my favorite shots of the movie which is like one of the least logical is just when they both they all leave and you see it just standing on the roof of the house as if it was about to come in it's like how did it get up there I don't care right. that's, <laughs> really, that's just let's that's just, just a really cool shot. That's just like, that's a really creepy shot of like, oh my god, I gotta check the top of my house every day now when I get home. Oh, that's home. true. No, you're totally <laughs> right. I don't know how it, it certainly got. has those like tongue in cheek moments where not even tongue in cheek, but just kind of like uh, horror horror movie elements when they get to the pool, they've had this brooding conversation, the skies overcast, all of a sudden there's thunder and lightning. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really over the top horror. What do you think of when you analyze that scene? It's like really over the that top. One, that one, that scene is. Uh, but but again, when they, uh, I like the way that the camera works uh, when they're walking through the hallway. Not they, but the thing walks through the hallway, and you're just you don't know where it's going to come from, and then all of a sudden it's there. Um, the other thing I didn't like is that it kind of felt as though uh, they could have, or maybe they didn't want to on purpose. But it, it would have been interesting if they did a, a thing kind of thing uh, where it becomes one of the people, and you're just not really sure who it is, so it becomes a who's uh, a who done it, so well, to speak. It looks like Velma for a while on the beach. It does, yeah. At well, the beach, but it's also, yes. well, yeah. That, but if, it's, if it it's, continued and then everybody else slide too, it would have been kind of neat. But but that's not that's, that's not, not part of the that's rule. Not, that's not that movie. You know what but, yeah. I was? You know what I was just thinking is kind of interesting, and it would go to Aaron's quality about Brick, in, yeah. which is that it, it exists in its own world. You know, I'm just freaking. This is especially when I was thinking about Halloween. Um, these are teenagers, sexually active. And as we all know, teenagers can be pretty horrible. Mm-hmm. There's not really any mean girls in this movie. Like, again, I know that it's conscious, but it is kind of weird that the whole movie, as I recall, there's no character in it that is an antagonist. Not really, right? They're no, all I mean, the, just... the closest you get is the, the older guy. Uh, oh, wait, I, which older guy? The one with the car. But he's the rebel of a dude. But even he's kind of cool. He's he is kind of cool. I mean, he come, he he sees someone in trouble and goes to drive his car to find right. him. Like, yeah. I mean, so yeah, he's a he's a right. Nice. But even the, but the way he ha- or I guess you know the guy that gives it to Jay to begin with, you know, he's not the best of guys. I mean, he just he's not the best of guys. But but he was kind enough to say like, here are the rules: don't he, get killed. He's kind enough to chloroform it's... Jay and then <laughs> yeah. strap her to a I mean, chair and tell her about no, 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 this no. horrible which, sex, which sex is, CD that, that he gave. Yeah, her. that's that's my issue, right? So that's what I brought up earlier. It's like I don't understand why he had to do that. I mean, he went to extreme lengths. The movie well, goes to, to, to an extreme as lengths established to, to do that. so she could believe him. I mean, right. that's that's what that's what people is down. You know, interesting. But yeah, I, I don't, get, think, I don't I think there's like any like bad. No, there aren't any bad people. Characters. I mean, the rebel guy. I mean, he's more of just adult because he doesn't really believe in it. Even though every every scenario suggests that he should believe that this thing is real, and then he's just kind of chilling in his house, and then he gets killed. Like, I mean, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't have the best plan for this after getting. Well, I don't said think he. I think he disease. doesn't believe it. 
Yeah, I'm saying he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to believe it, even though there's, you know, everything suggests that it should be real because they just had the whole beach attack encounter. But he's the only person who never saw anything. I guess, but still, (laughs) (laughs) they they didn't make up things. I mean, what's his name? Paul has has scratch marks on his belly. Yeah, I I thought they were going to go somewhere with, but uh, they didn't. I mean, like, I don't know how. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Is he going to be infected now too, just by a scratch? Right. Um, It's not a zombie. (laughs) <laughs> well, I gotta see, you know what is weird I just realized that it's kind of clever how um, the opening of the movie well not the opening the opening is great which we haven't really talked about besides the 360 thing but near the uh, one of the first act things is that um, they go to a movie theater and they play that game where he's where they're like yeah. oh you know oh, yeah. which is another game about looking it's another game about watch, but in that, it's a fun thing, which is like, you know, what would you like to be? Oh, I want to be that child because he's got his whole life ahead of them, and you're only 20 or, you know, whatever. But actually, that was – actually, now that I think about it, I'm like, huh, that's an early tutorial in the movie before yeah. you get to the big thing, yep. mm-hmm. which is pretty effective. Huh. Uh, also, uh, not related to that, that's a good point, though. Um, you mentioned there's no real, like, an antagonist character. There's also no adults. Like, there's, you know, there's people, but there's no real, yeah. there's no, yeah. like, adult character that you deal with directly. I mean, they she, interact sometimes with kind of, of nurses but, and whatnot, but there's no, like, adult character. There's no mom and dad. Like, I mean, no there's one. the mom, but things like, you never actually really no, meet you, her. You no, know, uh, you just, she's kind you of see around her at times. At but the hospital. It's a movie focused very exclusively on these kids. And that's actually something that you brought up that I didn't think about, uh, Peter, which is uh, the beginning shot. It's pretty clever because you could take it as it's there, you're seeing it, but you just can't see it. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, the way it you, tracks around, there's something. Because it, it yeah, stops when, on the door of the house. Of, like, right. Her when house when you're it. tracking the, the girl running uh, and then they, they pan behind it, it's like I'm pretty sure that, that there's something there. It's just that I'm not privy to seeing it. Because I don't know what I'm trying to look for yet. By the yeah, way, that's pretty clever. That girl, I mean, that must have been a nightmare for her because she just gave up. She's like, back to the ocean. I don't know what else to do at this point, and she doesn't yeah. even try to escape. Like, yeah. she dies. She dies horribly. Yeah. Like, well, I, mean, we, I mean, we don't know what her the, leg apart. We, like, we don't know what the other ones look like either. We know what it looks like. I guess when the one when the one guy gets killed, kinda. We see him getting killed. We don't see really the end result of that. But yeah, yeah. she uh, she's it, you know she's, you mean, she's the gore you shot. Mean we don't see the. Uh, because this is where the comparison. I had heard it was like the ring. You mean we don't see the uh, the drowned body version or whatever? Face warped, yeah. Face warped, yeah, face warped, right, right, uh, right. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, that girl just you know back to the ocean. She's done. She's like, I'm t- I'm gonna call my dad you... and say goodbye, and I'm out of here. <laughs> there's only there's one shot in the movie that I I I, I think that Aaron or, or, no not Aaron Gabe. You just said something that I I didn't realize, but I think you're right. I think a lot of the camera. When the camera's panning, it's that we're looking for, like in that first shot, we're we're looking to see it, but we don't see it. And then it stops, and then it moves, and it's like, wait, yeah. is there something there? You know what shot was weird to me was um, there's a thing where they're on the trail of finding the first guy, and they go yeah. to the high school, and the camera goes from the outside of the school inside to That's where... The- they're That's, talking to somebody. They're talking to some like administrator, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, is that get the, his records? Is this the monster's point of view? I'm like, what is that? That was a little weird for me. See that? That's the shot that I keep. Re- that's my 360 shot that I keep referring to. That's the one I love a lot. I, yeah. I, I, I think I it's know. just that, it's that's just what pivoted I was about earlier. Too. It's pivoted on a corner in a in a hallway, and it's just like it shows you the outside, so you see something's coming at them, and you realize it is it's coming at them, and then right. it, but it just it pans to follow them, and it's. Oh, I, just, I thought you meant the op- the very because oh no no yeah that no, that's no, the one yeah. I was referring to yeah no, so that three sixty shot. shot is is the one with like the girl in the white hoodie uh, whereas the opening scene is what you made me think of Peter just 
uh, I wonder if it's there, and you know, I'm just not, I'm not able to see it yet. So the first shot, yeah, I think it clearly establishes that she sees it. We don't see it yet because right. we're not supposed to know exactly what's going on. But the the shot that I, we're referring to, the school shot, that's it's there. Like you see, it's like it's oh. there, and then it, it it's it's almost like a. Um, uh, paranormal activity three thing with the fan, yeah, because the fan, you know because yeah, you, you know it's coming, you know you're going away there, from it, so you're like, wait, again, what's going on now? Closer, right? Yeah, and then exactly. when they get to the car, it's like right there, but then they get they get going. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, all right, interesting. Yeah, it's just wait, it's, so it's, it's the I'll, it's the camera taking a third person perspective, which is you know what a camera does to begin with, and just alerting you that this thing's coming. <laughs> so wait, right. Abe, did you give this um, highest stars? Uh, I, I would say you should definitely check it out. I, again, I had some issues with it, just kind of just nitpicky things, actually. But I, again, it's very competently made, and it is one of those things where we talked about earlier, where it, it makes you think about it afterward. And that is uh, the imprint of a, of a pretty good movie overall. I mean, it doesn't have to be a horror movie. If anything lingers with you afterward, I'm pretty sure that it's a good movie. Just like something like The Gray, you know, where I didn't, I had, to th- I didn't talk to anybody afterward. I just thought about what the movie meant and all the metaphors and you know I mean, this thing sure it's it's a bit more of a tense thriller but uh i definitely do give it a, a pretty high remark and peter you're like all over, over the moon for it obviously yeah i mean i would give it an a i mean i think it's an a i, I can't I, really i mean what we're talking about right now sure there's a few things but yeah i mean i can't i, I really I, it's it's pretty great i don't feels like the kind of movie that normally I give my normal B plus A minus because I really enjoy it, but I always want to hedge my bet. I'm always like, eh, maybe I'm wrong, you know. But this one, I was like, no. I'm like, I think it's pretty great. So I'm like, I'm going to stick my neck out and say, no, it's really good. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not sticking my neck out. It's like 95%. So, and, and this I mean, is more, like, I, I have the same reaction. It's more in, like, an after the fact. I, like, I saw this movie, like, three weeks ago at this point, and I gave it four stars out of five. But, like, talking about it and continuing to think about it and just acknowledging more and more things about it, I don't have a reason to not go higher on this, like, like I, I like it more now than when I first saw it, just because I've been, I keep thinking about this movie, which is often the sign of a very good movie for me. Right. Um, so like I, if I, I look forward to seeing it again. I have the soundtrack, so I look forward to you know using that as a way to you know hurry me through writing things. Better hurry before I get you. I, I would definitely say go see this movie, especially because it's you know it's a small movie that managed to get a wide release because of the amount of buzz it was building, and I just want us to like propel that buzz and pay it forward so more people see it. Right. So we get you know more of this and less of Ouija, the ultimate <laughs> goal, <laughs> yes, the ultimate yes. goal in everything. <laughs> I, I say that fully acknowledging that Ouija two is currently in production. Yes, that's a real thing. But here we are. So. <laughs> well, yeah. By the way, I I looked up while we were while we were talking. I looked up best teen horror films. And I know what you did last summer. I mean, yeah, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> uh, Ginger Snaps, which I've never seen. Snap, I mean, yeah, the Faculty. I Faculty's, mean, like I like Faculty. Kind of, I like Faculty, fun, but I'm yeah. I'm like no, I'm like I think I I think except for maybe Scream, like uh, Fright Night. I didn't see Fright Night on here. That is great though. I do love Fright, Fright Night. Night, but um, Prom Nights on here, House of Wax. Saw. Wait, Saw is not teen. Saw is not a teen movie. I don't know why this is on the list. Yeah, yeah. but Urban Legend. Um, Urban Legend. Uh, no, they're all in pass, college. Pass on that. Thing, so bad. these are so it's if this, movie. if these are the if this is the best that the internet can come up with, then yes, I I think my I think I my 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 thing stands. I think the, that the it's, first Final yeah. Destination. They're in high school. Everyone. They're the other ones are all like adults at that point. <laughs> I do like the first Final Destination. I think the second's my favorite. But um, five, baby. Five's good too. I I like five all. Uh, all the boys love Mandy Lane. Is she a teenager? They're in high school. Yeah. 
they're like on track or whatever at the beginning of the movie. You know, I thought that was okay. I, I think that's it was okay. Yeah, that's more me. just like a, that's more like look at look how fun this is. Oh, like that's, that's no real. <laughs> oh, quintessential okay. teen though, which is before Halloween. Carrie, Carrie, yeah, that's yeah. before Halloween. But that's seventy six. So and like, I also I, I like Carrie. Uh, it's fine, but it's like there's so much like psycho in here. It's like all right, De Palma, I get it. You like Hitchcock, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's very good. It's very it's, good. It's, it's good. Yes, it's yeah. good. It's way it's way better than the that terrible. The yeah, the Latin, the 2013 oh, remake. Yeah, yeah. it was bad. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm a huge. I really hope that you know it's weird. I don't want it follows the fail because I hope that that lets the director. But you don't do want to succeed else. to make a sequel. Well, no, no, no. Well, yeah, that's true. But no, because I, I have this weird feeling that to me, I feel like the way that it follows should be seen by most probably teenagers and twenty somethings is it's that. Theaters? Well, no, that would be nice, but no, I'm trying to be realistic. Okay, okay. Is more the is more the thing where they're on Netflix, there are a bunch of people over, people are kind of falling asleep, and one person happens to pick it follows, and it freaks them out that night. Like that, that to me feels like the way that that kind of movie should be seen, where you kind of just come upon it, and you're like, oh my god, what is Don't this? Don't get thing? me started on like when people should see horror movies. I have so many. Like people should there should be a there should be a drive-in theater double bill <laughs> Baba Duke. It follows back to back right now. Well, like, yes, uh, I, I would. I, we should drive right now to a drive-in to be able wait, to see that, the Baba Duke and it the follows. One that I made. Yeah, that would no. that would that would be well, like the dream, right? You haven't been to Abe's drive. In theater, and, and you have like people like just walking up behind cars and scaring the crap out of people. Like this, that's that's how you that's how you're you do talking, it. Right, you're talking about that. I'm talking about. I feel like a few years from now, if I talk to somebody who you know years from now, and I talk to my cousin or something, and he's like, "Oh man, yeah, I totally checked that out one night. I was just I was on Netflix, and I and, it, and like that feels like that's what's going to happen." You know, it's it's going to be like that movie that they're just like, oh yeah, I heard about this. Let me hit play. Like I mean, that's, yeah, you're you're explaining basically like the backwards way of getting something to be a cult following, right? I mean, like, by, by like, yeah, oh, I saw it on Netflix, and then, like <laughs> years later, everyone pays forward, it follows, and then you know, seven years out, it's playing at the New Beverly because all much everyone loves it follows. But it's like, it's gonna happen. I'm pretty sure. It, I'm sure it can happen, but at the same time, it's like, can't we just have this be popular now? <laughs> Halloween was it? Halloween's one of the most uh, successful independent films of all time it when it came is. out. Yeah. It's yeah. still one of them. I mean, just for inflation, it still is. That didn't need people to you know back talk it off of netflix that just had people <laughs> going to the movie theaters so i mean let's get more of that happen <laughs> no, doing, blair, blair witch project's another one i don't like the blair witch project that much like at the that same much time either. people saw it in theaters like, oh god actually i gotta say i yeah i mean that could be a i don't know if you guys have ever would ever do a uh you know i don't know best of all time or whatever i think i think blair witch is a masterpiece i think that it, yeah i think that's amazing mm. and i re- that and you know what's funny what's funny is i saw it in the theater once on opening night and i loved it and then, you know, the years go by and everyone's like, oh, it sucks and we never get to see The Witch. And I never revisited it because part of me was like, oh, what if I'm wrong? What if it was just like a stunt? And then two years ago, like I think I bought the Blu-ray years ago and I just never watched it. And then two years ago, I popped it in and I thought it was absolutely terrifying. And I was like, nope, this is great. I was I was totally right. So I was like, this is really good. Maybe I should revisit it then because I saw it in theaters too. And I was like, uh. It's no Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, all right. I, I, let's, let's, we need to move on. We, we, this, yeah. this has been a really good conversation. Great conversation. I'm really happy we discussed uh, It Follows. And it's in theaters. It's in like a 1,200 theaters around the country right now so i really hope people you know check it out before it loses theaters which it will because they're you know thing things are getting furious next week so yes. um <laughs> yes you are. uh let's let's move on uh quickly uh the sponsors today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com so the podcast there are over 150,000 titles to choose from except for the babadook so that's unfortunate but um <laughs> in terms of audiobooks that you definitely need to hear but um you can find any of those you can download one for free if you like that book you get to keep it if you like the service you get to keep that but if you don't you get to just get rid of the service but you get to keep the book that you download for free 
plenty of things we could recommend, but I don't know. Just just find a book that you like. You could probably find something that you like and have someone gently speak it to you over the, the you know, your headphones. Yeah. Uh, so with all that said, be a winner, read, read. or listen. Audibletrial.com. So shout out podcast. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is, of course, where we go over the various questions and answers that we received on our Facebook page from our listeners. Facebook.com. So shout out podcast. We asked a number of questions. You guys gave us answers, and we're going to do it right now. So first eight. question. Yeah, first question we asked everybody is, what was the last movie that really scared you? Uh, Manish writes, It Follows. And I also saw Carrie for the first time, and that was tense. Uh, Philip writes, Zodiac. I bet you know which scene. Oh, yeah. I, it's the one where Jake Gyllenhaal goes on a date with Chloe Sevigny. It's actually the scene where the guy asks his wife if he can solve the, uh, the cryptogram. But a uh, <laughs> uh, friend of the show, David, writes, The Robot Girl in Superman 3. Okay. <laughs> uh, David, or I'm sorry, Tyler writes The Conjuring. Uh, Ryan writes The Ring. Tammy writes The Grudge. Justin writes Candyman and The Grudge. I still won't go to the attic. Oh, Candyman. Good, nice. <laughs> Bringing that back. Awesome. Uh, Jason writes, Batman and Robin, so many freeze puns, and the suit <laughs> still shoots. Still shoots still? What? The and suit the suits, up short shots. Oh, the suit up shots. Uh, and the suit up shots. Abe's first day reading, day. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry, Jason. But it was ice to see you, too. Um, ice Rob, to see you. Rob writes, Alien. At least that was the last year movie I watched. And Taryn writes, the only movie to uh, ever scare me was the first Paranormal Activity. Uh, let's see. Next question we have is a favorite horror movie scores or soundtracks. Tyler has I Love Insidious, Psycho, and Halloween. Uh, David has I Love the Eerie Synth score from Day of the Dead, even though it's my least favorite of the original Romero trilogy. I'm also a big fan of the Goblins, the synth band used in the several of Dario Argento's films. Uh, Maxwell has alongside other more recognized choices, I'll add Near Dark by Tangerine Dream. Oh, nice. Jim Dietz has any John Carpenter soundtrack. Justin has Phantasm, yes. Friday the 13th and Halloween Still Haunt Me. Mike Jones has Christine, The Thing, probably a toss-up between those. Manish has I Like the Carrie soundtrack a lot. Rob says Psycho is all I can think of. I like other soundtracks from movies that are disturbing but don't necessarily fall into the horror genre. And lastly, Brandon Peters, friend of the show, has Phantasm, Maniac, the 2013 remake, and Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Hmm, interesting. Next question we asked is, uh, what was the first horror movie you ever saw? Uh, Richard writes, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Um, Spencer writes, I think it was when A Stranger Calls. It was horrible. Probably uh, the remake he's talking about. Rob writes, I'd answer, but there was no way I can remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy writes, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Jason writes, The Terminator. Uh, Manish writes, The Birds. Danielle has Poltergeist. Friend of the show, Maxwell has Scream. Justin has Poltergeist. Uh, Mike Jones has Creature from the Black Lagoon. Allison has It. Tyler writes, I remember watching Scream with my parents when I was maybe seven or eight. It kickstarted my love for horror. Uh, Matthew writes, I think it was Alien. They also may have been my first R-rated movie. And lastly, Philip has Friday the 13th in theater at age eight. Only took me about ten years to get over the trauma. Parents, don't let your babies watch horror films. What's the Peter? What's the first horror movie you saw? Do you remember? I, I was actually I was about to say, um, what is the first horror movies you guys saw? Like, I I if I'm now I've been trying to think of this too, and I've I've I mean I've saw movies when I was really young, just movies that I you know that that are R. I mean to put it yeah. that way, I've I've seen a lot of things when I was at a younger age, and I don't feel bad about it. Um, 
I I honestly, and this is gonna be funny, um, but I think it might be Thriller. The music video for Thriller might be the first horror <laughs> movie that I've ever seen. Yeah, I I don't think that's a, I don't think that's lying. I'm trying. I to mean, it, of, it it is a spooky music video. I I mean, I I used to. I mean, my mom's a big fan of like old of, of old. I mean, she likes all movies, but she's a big fan of older horror movies. She loves horror movies in general. And one of her favorite movies of all time is The Bad Seed. So that might have been one of the one first movies that I ever saw that was like a horror movie. Um, and like, there's a lot of Hitchcock stuff I watched when I was really young. That's why I loved Psycho so much. It might be, might be Psycho if I had to guess, maybe. <laughs> but probably um, was. I think you know it's funny. I have like a three three way answer. Um, I feel like if I'm right, the first horror film I ever saw, because I'm not really sure about when I was like yeah. on video, but the first like I mean, if we're just talking horror, The Wicked Witch of the West terrified me, but that's not a horror film. But um. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this movie, and I, and I had to look it up right now. Here it comes. It came out in 1979. It's called Prophecy. I know Prophecy. T- tell you, I Shire. I think it's in the cover. Yeah. yeah. I know. Well, there's The Prophecy, and then there's Prophecy, right? Mm. Pro- the Prophecy is a that's, Christopher that's Walken. Christopher Walken. No, this prophecy. Is, this is about... That's a Frankenheimer movie, if I recall. It yes. is Frankenheimer. Yeah. Yes, you're right. That was the first one that my dad took me to because I think it was like PG or something like that. It and then, PG, yeah. and then when I, and then like a few years later, I saw Poltergeist with it was that was the first horror film I saw with like me and my friend, like just me and my friends went to the theater and saw it. Like I didn't, ha- I didn't need to take a parent to take me. So mm-hmm. I feel like those are my two. Um, Prophecy freaked me out because of the gore uh, in it. It's probably not a very good movie, but at the time it was pretty <laughs> terrifying. I used um, to watch the Child's Play movies a lot. They were on TV. Yeah, like, they, all the they time. would come on <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, and Halloween would also come on Halloween. I mean, I'd see so. I'd seen Halloween at that point when I was when I can recall. But yeah, it's yeah. Huh. Halloween is probably the first uh, the first horror film. I mean, and I, that's probably when I'm older. When it was like on VHS, where I was really like I was terrified, but I also like loved it. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if I needed to watch Prophecy again, but I mean, although I probably, I probably did like Poltergeist, but like, but yeah, I think I remember. Ghostbusters scared me a little bit when I was younger. I remember like not being like the best on that. I see that. Like, well, wait, uh, what about you, Abe? Uh, I didn't really, horror's not my thing, but I had a lot of older cousins that would watch movies and I don't really know what was the first. I just remember uh, things like Child's Play and Halloween, but there was one movie where the the family gets stuck at some place and then they spend the night at some at some haunted house where there's dolls and the dolls come alive and Eddie Murphy's haunted house <laughs> <laughs> right yeah I can't remember the name of it but essentially they they kill like the parents and then the, the one doll just helps the little girl survive and I can't remember the name of it this sounds uh, terrifying yeah <laughs> but I, the parents help the girl survive <laughs> right yeah anyway but I don't remember the name of any the first one that I ever saw all right well. Moving on. What's a horror movie that you wish more people knew about? Justin says Wild Wild West. He's really getting at us about his Wild yeah, Wild West thing. <laughs> um, Alessandro has Oculus, which I was a big fan of. Um, I, remember, I liked Oculus too. I, I, rem- I remember really enjoying that little movie and wishing more people had seen it so I could discuss it with them. I agree. That was a, that was a solid one from last year. Uh, Willie has Frozen. Um, Justin follows up his Wild Wild West comment with Event Horizon. I think people know. Have, I think the it's word's good. out on Event Horizon at this point. But, also uh, streaming on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Tyler has the town that dreaded sundown. It's actually a pretty decent slasher that I feel was forgotten about due to popularity of Halloween a few years later, but it just came out on Blu-ray. It's well worth a buy. Yeah, that, the town that dreaded sundown. That's a that's a neat one. Um, it uh, it recently got a like a re. It's more of a sequel. It's like a remake sequel, but it does take place technically after the events of the first film. But that's a that's a that's a good one. 
Uh, Manish lastly has Repulsion, the uh, Roman Polanski film. Um, it's well regarded by film fans, but I think it gets eclipsed by Rosemary's Baby on a larger scale, which is pretty true, I would say. But yeah, Repulsion, that's a that's a good movie. If anyone that anyone that's seen the Babadook that hadn't seen Repulsion, to definitely see that movie and be like, oh yeah, there's a lot of that in this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Repul? Because I've never seen Repulsion. It's like Babadook. I, there's a lot of repulsions from like 1960. Well, that's a Polanski movie, right? It's a Polanski movie, yeah. So, I wait, mean, is there, there a, is there a monster? I thought it was just a, a weird woman going crazy movie. I mean, what's the Babadook about? Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I get. I mean, okay, but, yeah. but there you can wa- watch Repulsion. You can. There's a lot of just the way it's shot and just things about it. You can really be reminded of it. Interesting. I think hmm. people that's people that have seen Repulsion certainly know this. I would say. Um, you were asking what ones we should yeah, point out. Yeah, anything that up in your mind? Offhand. Um, just one. I don't know. I like Oculus. That was a good call. Um, there you go. Anything for you, Peter? Just one? I do like Oculus. Uh, there you go. I'm trying to think of horror. <laughs> I think, I'm thinking of thrillers. I'm trying, I can't think of horror movies right now there's, because there's like random thrillers I've seen that are like good. On like it's, VOD it's, or I mean, it's interesting because I think we're in a period now where I feel like so it would normally be the the Babadook would be the kind of one, but that that's like it's like so well rated. It's like ninety eight percent or something like that. I mean, everyone, at the same I mean, time, like, not everyone you know is a horror like a a film person. I think that if you these things, no, but I but if you're listening to this podcast, yes, I probably I imagine yes, you probably if know the you Babadook, if you but... no no no. But I would say if you like horror films, you would probably you're right. The general populace, maybe, but I think if you like horror films, you probably have heard of have heard of. Um, the Babadook, because it's it's that genre where it's like oh, people yeah. are talking about it. So yeah, I fair, feel yeah. like you would have right. like heard about it. Um, I'll just I'll just do it yeah. this way. I'm going to defer to the five horror podcasts we did last October, and you can probably find something. That, I that was seen a there. good series. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving uh, on. Uh, the last question we asked everybody is your favorite horror film centered around teens. Uh, Carl writes A Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and the instant classic It Follows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sandra has Halloween. Justin has Nightmare on Elm Street. Tyler has the Scream series. Uh, friend of the show, Maxwell, has Scream and Halloween. Taryn has, I would have to go Friday the 13th because this is the first horror movie I ever saw. Uh, Joe Jan says, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Though we pointed out they're not really teens in that movie. They're like no, kids. they're Cabin in the Woods. They're, they're in college. In college, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't How else did she learn about those books? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about this. Yeah. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Michael has, why didn't Jigsaw from Saw hunt teens who made bad choices? But my answer would have to go with Friday the 13th. Uh, Mike has Slumber Party Massacre series and Teen Wolf. Uh, Shalem has kids. And lastly, April has the Amazing Scream Trilogy. We won't uh, discuss the travesty that was the fourth. Oh, whoa, whoa. I like the fourth one. Fourth yeah, was fun, were, right? You, you and Abe are really, you and Abe are really terrible. That's wait, 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 wait. Was that the feedback or was that Abe who said that? That was who feedback. Said... But I, but I'd be happy to talk about how terrible Scream Four. No, is. Scream Four is great. It's, it's, it's a bad fun. Movie. No, yeah, Scream Four is fantastic. Fun. It's, it's a bad was... movie. No, it's, it's, it's no. a movie that it's a movie that sets up promise and then says, you know what? Never mind. We're no, fail. no. You remember, know, what? Just... remember the cleverness we had? We we just got rid of that. No, traditional stuff. It's not. I would like to um. I'd like to... we we had guts at one point where we're like we should not kill we should kill Nev Campbell and then we're like yeah never mind oh I get but come on I mean, never mind what's, what's who, who cares about taking chances it's oh, only Wes Craven is so good uh, Emma Roberts she's Emma fantastic Roberts. man like that's a great that that whole last act's great See, like Peter and I should watch it and just have fun again oh boy um but wait you know what? I just thought of something um when you were th- this whole list. Mine, of course, would be Halloween. That is probably my favorite, like, uh, teen horror. I don't know how, how that's not, but yeah. it's probably how. However, you know what I just thought of? 
And, and it is strangely connected to It Follows and Babadook. Actually, I think the horror film that I wish people would give it, either give another chance or watch, and I have no idea what Aaron's going to say. He might, comes, he might hit, he might hit disconnect when bring I say Bring him out, this. bring him out. I think the Rob Zombie version of Halloween 2 is amazing. Oh, boy. Yeah, I agree with you. I, that's a movie where, and I still don't take, I don't know if I want to say I like that movie, but what I like about that movie is what it's trying to do, which is separate itself from being a Halloween movie and just be a pure Rob Zombie movie. And and, the, it, and, and, it, and it's this kind of, po- it's this PTSD movie. Yes, yeah, like, that's what I, I was about to say. That's why I was thinking of the Baba Duke, and it, it's very much this, like, it's this person who's gone through this terrible drama. Trauma. Basically, I got to get like you that. and you yeah. and Brandon Peters on a Halloween two commentary with this coming October because we, there's definitely a lot of good thoughts on what Halloween two tries to do. So and you I, respect Halloween two? I respect it more than I like it. I think it's okay. brutal, mm. um, oh, very and, brutal, very. Brutal. And but and I, what I always what I've always said about it is it felt like it. I've always related to Tim Burton in Batman's where I think the first Batman was like him doing a Batman movie trying to. Much like Rob Zombie tried to do a Halloween movie his own way, and then Batman Returns, much like Halloween Two, is just movie. a Tim Burton movie, yes, or a Rob Zombie movie, where it's just like Absolutely. it says that it has the it has that template, but at the same time, it's like we're doing things my way this time. But I like that. You I can like say that about Transformers: yeah. Revenge of the Fallen as well. But um, you know, first one's a Spielberg movie, next one's like this is a Michael Bay movie. But uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move on now. Let's get to questions. Uh, Justin asks, are you guys going to do a Die Hard commentary? Thanks for the last one. Now I have to watch Too Fast, Too Furious uh, to answer that question. Sure, eventually at some point. Yeah, yeah we we wait, wait, done... wait, wait. can die. Can it be a why Die Hard's not that great commentary? Or... No, we don't need to get into your like. I hate every movie that people <laughs> like. <laughs> Just don't get why everyone loves Die Hard. Suddenly, it's a three star movie. I don't know how this. Where did this cult of Die Hard come from? Like... Well, it's been there because you know it's you know it's a successful franchise. But um, <laughs> with that that in mind, uh, Die Hard of Vengeance, which we have done a commentary for already, has always been my favorite film of that franchise. So that there's that. But um... yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Argyle, right? Argyle. Yeah. Yo! I'm sorry. Uh, I don't even know what... I have no idea what you're talking about. I've seen them all, but I don't... Re- is that the third one? With Argyle's Sam- in the first oh, movie. Oh, he's, he's, the, he's the driver that helps him out. He's in the limo at the bottom... Or he's in the, the parking lot. He, he drives from the airport to Nakatomi Tower. Oh, I thought you said something about with Vengeance. That I makes, said I uh, said that we've Aaron, already done Aaron. a commentary track for Die Hard Die with, Hard the, with Vengeance, the Vengeance, which is available on iTunes. But yes, we'd be able to do a Die Hard commentary at some point. But I also said Die Hard of Vengeance is my favorite film in that, in that series. Yeah. Next question we have is uh, from Jason... Who would you like to see in Shane Black's Predator movie? Uh, what actor should appear in it? Returning characters, etc. Uh, so I'd say off, Carl Weathers. This is based off the fact that Shane Black is actually making a new Predator movie. Right. He is? Carl Ble- yeah. Like a remake? or uh, It's, uh, it's going to be like be, a continuation. A continuation is what he's described yeah. it as. Him and, um, oh boy, Fred Deckard, who did Monster Squad, mo- uh, Monster Squad with him. Yeah. Yeah, I... You want, so you want dead Carl Weathers to come dead back? Dead Car- one-armed Carl Weathers. Dead one-armed Carl Weathers. Flashback sequence. So we want. I want Bill Duke back too, with his hold in his head. Bill, Bill Duke. Duke. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. yeah, that would be. Oh, well, you got me so fun. Wait, is um, that that's John? Mc, that's the same guy who directed Die Hard, right? Yes, John McTiernan. Yeah, that John is that's a better movie than Die Hard. Is the first Predator. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. I mean, Predator's pretty good. That, I, see, I, I, Predator's you just gave, you just awesome. gave me a terrible grudge match I have to do because those are both two of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> oh, so you <laughs> like Predator a lot, too. You like Pre- that. I love Predator. Predator. I love Predator. Yeah. Predator. I'm surprised we haven't done a commentary for Predator yet. Because <laughs> it's so good. It's the echelon. Yeah. As I recall, though, Predator 2 is not very good. I like Predator 2. not very good. I like Predator 2. I, I mean, it's, 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 like, uh, it's like Too Fast, Too Furious. It's the weird offshoot movie where it doesn't. Because Arnold's not in it and everything, is that right? Oh yeah, but all the other ones connect. 
AVP directly follows Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, I like no. I like. I mean, if here we go with the rank. It's got some moments. It'd be Predator, Predator Two, Predators, Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Requiem. Like, I mean, that's the. Well, I, oh, it's actually, not a very... I liked Predator. Predators with uh, that's with uh, Brody. Uh, yeah, Brody that was good. I like that. Yeah, I, mean, I like it too. Predator. Not as much as Predator Two, but I like it. I I don't like the part where Lawrence Fishburne tries to kill the entire movie. Yeah, so that's, that, that, yeah. that's like twenty minutes of movie I, where I'm like, I could just be seeing cool Predator action, but instead Lawrence game. Fishburne's like, I'm gonna overact to the extremes and be terrible. Like, so yeah, I agree about that. But it over- just slows down to a like a halt with him in that movie. It's but I like I like predators mostly. I like what they're trying to do. So yeah. Shane Shane Black is doing working a, on new... a new predator movie. Yes. Yep, he's gonna huh. write and direct. I think star some would say of the first predator, Shane Black is re- is coming back for more predator. Yeah, first guy on the team that gets killed. Yeah, Hawkins. Um, I can't tell. Anyway, this is a long podcast for yeah. it follows. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, Tyler asks, take some big stars that died way too young, such as Chris Farley, John Candy, or James Dean. How would you think their careers would have panned out with more years under their belts? That's interesting because we kind of answered that. We with, had a James Dean question about this yeah, a while back. And yeah, it was like, well, you know, with the directory in which they're going and the film choices, I'm pretty sure it would have been fine. Yeah, probably just keep making good movies and yeah. get re- I, acclaim in some way. And... I wonder if if River Phoenix hadn't died. Um, I think, of course, I I agree that I think he probably would be doing hopefully good work. But you know what? Like, yeah. But you know what's weird to me is. If River Phoenix had survived, do you think DiCaprio would have become a star? Because I feel like DiCaprio becomes a star because they were missing a River Phoenix, and that's what DiCaprio becomes. Not to say, and again, I like DiCaprio, but like a part of his, a part of, he kind of rides off the coattails of River Phoenix dies. So do you think DiCaprio's career would have been the same if River Phoenix is still around? Um, it, I mean, that's an impossible question to answer, but at the same time, well, that's what we're doing right now. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if I, if I, I it's it's hard to ever know how that would pan out, but I I would like to think they probably just both have good careers. Like, yeah. I, it's not like DiCaprio's not any less talented because one person's still alive. So, oh, I mean, no, it, but no, but the way the studio system is, I kind of feel like he might have he might be he might have gotten roles that might have gone to River Phoenix first. I can live. I can see where you're coming from on that, but at the same time, I just think DiCaprio has always been a smart enough guy to take on roles that he finds interesting, and if if he didn't get one role, he'd probably go on to something else that was also interesting. Which, right? of, course, which of course would mean even even less work for the DiCaprio ripoff, the, the poor man's DiCaprio, which is Michael Pitt. So that guy wouldn't be working at all. <laughs> well, currently, <laughs> currently we have Dane DeHaan. Oh, yes, now we have Dane Young DiCaprio. Young, yeah, yeah, young right. Caprio, as I call him. Yeah, now we've got that. <laughs> young Caprio. Yeah, he's going to be he's gonna be in uh, Romeo and Juliet as one of the one of the young Capulets. Ah, Romeo plus I had to go. That was yeah. a reach for that one. Yeah, you did. Um, but, hey, it worked. Uh, it, it did it? Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> sadly, oh, uh, sadly, with Furious coming, I don't know as much as I hear what a great guy Paul Walker is, and I like him in the Fast and Furious movies. I don't know how much of a career Paul Walker was going to have beyond the the huge success, which is hey. No, I mean I don't need to. But I don't. Yeah, I don't need to. I don't need to run down my thoughts on the career of Paul Walker. But no, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't. As much as I think he's competent in certain roles, and I think he showed promise in things like Running Scared. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I never really saw him out branching out no, much further than really. than yeah. that action scene. 
I simple mean, man of simple tastes. But yeah, uh, I think I think I, all he well, wanted to do was just, it, it was certainly working for him. Well, well no, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I read that afterwards is all he wanted to do was make enough money to just retire and take care of his daughter. Yeah. yeah the other it. big one I just realized. I'm sure maybe you guys have talked about this, but do you think not only if Heath Ledger had lived, but do you think then the Dark Knight Third would be a completely different movie? It would have been, right? I think, I think so. so. Yeah. I, I think that that I mean that kind of goes with the press that you know, Chris Nolan said that he really took. Uh, the death pretty hard and you know I, i'm pretty it's, sure it's, that if things hadn't happened the way that they did tragically you know it, dark knight rises probably would have been a better movie well it takes a different turn because it'd just be a different story completely I holy think. yeah i, I mean, mean there'd be, be there'd be a, there'd be a, a totally there'd, different thing I, like, it's not like he had a script written out for right, what right, was right. going to happen right, before right, right. that happened so although I, I always i always heard that that one scene was something where that was from an early draft the scene in the dark knight rises where the they go to Bane's releasing everyone from prison or whatever, and like Joker's like we'll leave him in there, that kind of thing. Is that basically it? No, no, no. It's something like it's the scene with Scarecrow where he's a judge and jury. Oh, there's some. Okay. Scene, I forgot what the scene is, but there's something like that. That scene was originally written. Supposedly, that was supposed to be uh, the Joker. It was supposed See, to be. All this seems like rumors. It's not like no it one's leaking out script pages. Like... Absolutely, I don't. <laughs> but, but I could kind of see that. I was like, oh, I could see the Joker being a judge and jury. I could only see that. Like uh... Joker would do is he would let Bane be like ruling his city. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> this is more of Batman mythology. That's what, that's what we get the Arkham Asylum and Arkham uh, the game series for. Yeah. I mean, there's some other ones Tyler mentions, like Chris Farley and John Candy. I think Chris Farley, if he were to still be alive, I think he would probably be in the the kind of Sandler area where he just pops up in random movies here and now and then and maybe stars in some films. I never, as much as I, you know, laughed and had fun of Chris Farley, I never saw him as one that had potential to become like a big dramatic actor. Um, Candy, and, though. Candy was John. Yeah. John Candy, I, I was about to say, John Missed Candy, I would. John Candy, I could see yeah. becoming like a character. He, you know, he's like JFK. He has some movies where he's like playing. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, just the same way that John Goodman is basically an all-around good actor for musicals, dramas, comedies, I kind of feel John Candy was kind of the same way. So, And not to, not to push my own tiny cameo in it, but actually I think I think um, John Candy's pretty, he's pretty good in uh, playing trains and automobiles. Yeah, he has, no, a, I, he has I, a little warmth and everything. He's not just the big funny fat guy. I mean, like he, for yeah. sure, I, he he brings out cool runnings. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I love cool runnings. I love cool be, runnings I'm, I'm, too. I'm, and there's a there's a level of drama to that character. A wash up has been who cheated and wants to get back in the game. I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah, take that, Kurt, uh, Kevin Costner and the Carlin USA. <laughs> as far as Disney sports the, movies go, I think the sad thing about a lot of these actors, though, especially the ones who die of like drug overdose, like the Keith Ledgers or Chris Farley's, or who was the girl from Clueless who died? What's her name? Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Like a lot of them, because they're they were so plagued with um, de- uh, narcotics dependency that I don't know. Like yeah, it's a weird thing because I don't know how much the drug stuff also informed their performances and I don't, yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, that applies to directors too. You look at, you know, someone like Scorsese who was doing nothing but cocaine in the eighties and had yeah, to take, it takes sure. some time off before he got back to things again. Yeah. So then you get, but then you get Robert Downey Jr. There's the weird thing where that guy, people thought that guy was going to die all the time. Post less than zero. I, the, I, yeah. I have a const, I have a counting on my wall of like one Charlie Sheen's going to die. It hasn't came up yet. So I mean, that's <laughs> right. So I mean, or Lindsay Lohan, that's another yeah. one that's like, oh, she's going to die. You let's know? move on. This is getting dark here. Let's get. <laughs> let's move on now. <laughs> that was um, feedback. That was feedback. Okay. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Abe, do you have a game for us? I do have a game. You do? Yes. Is it that time? I think that it is time for games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Uh, it's called It'll Follow You Until It Follows You. 
So essentially, okay. this is a game where I'm going to read you guys a clue, and it'll be about a movie character or a movie where something follows somebody, and good or bad things may happen. All you have to do is buzz in with your name and name the character or the movie. I'll accept either or. Uh, but, okay, let's do it. I'm, let's do it. I don't have time to ask more questions. Let's go. <laughs> First one. Here we go. It will follow you into space, the hood, and Aaron. almost Aaron. Leprechaun. That is correct. Crushed it right <laughs> off the gate. <laughs> space or the hood. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, next one. Honestly, so, when you said space, I already had it. <laughs> I just assumed. <laughs> it could have been Jason X. Uh, yeah, that's Jason X. Yeah, you're right. Could've it been. will follow you to the Antarctic and take the form of things you know, then probably kill you. Aaron. Aaron. The thing. That's well, yeah. correct. Yeah. Come on, Peter, get on it. Well, I said the thing, but he just... Okay, I didn't... You gotta yell your name. You gotta oh. yell your name. Yeah. You gotta have passion. Here we go. Next one. <laughs> it will follow you to the shadows even after you barbecue the book of its origin. Wait, even after you what? Barbecue the book of its origin. Oh, Peter, the evil dead. No. Aaron? What do you mean? That's the book of the dead. Aaron. That's The B- Blair Witch 2, the book of shadows? No. <laughs> I don't know. What? The Babadook. Oh. She burns the Oh, she does burn it in that. Did you yeah. see the Babadook game? I forget. I haven't, no. Okay, that's why I didn't guess it. I was like, <laughs> you didn't see it, so clearly that wouldn't be the answer to a question. <laughs> Here we go. It'll follow you home. Won't leave unless you tell him to go home because you don't want him anymore. Go home. We don't want you anymore. Aaron. Aaron. Harry and Anderson. That is correct. <laughs> oh, I never saw that. Damn it. Oh. All right. It'll follow you in photographs, so stop taking photos and get Lynn Shea to help you. Aaron. Aaron. The, 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 the Insidious? That's correct. Yeah. I don't know what they call it or if it even has a name. Darth Maul. But there's Darth, another. Darth, it is kind there, of Darth there's Maul. there's two characters. There's two evil characters. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Darth Plagueis. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the next one. Uh, it'll follow you if you're drinking, doing drugs, and having tons of sex. However, if you're building a canoe around the lake, Aaron. I'm not sure. Aaron. Friday the Thirteenth. Jason. That's correct. Or Jason. or Mrs. Voorhees. Any of them. Any of them. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if you're just like building a canoe. <laughs> just like. Anyway. Uh, the next one. Three more. Uh, it will follow you without hesitation, but if you give it a bag of Reese's Pieces, it most definitely Peter. will follow you. Peter. Peter. That's correct. Peter. Next one. It'll follow you if you have a... Uh, I'm sorry. It'll follow you if you watch a box of 8mm films. Wait, is that a lawnmower right here? Aaron. Aaron. Sinister. That's correct. Oh, that is sinister. Nice. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, last one. It'll follow you if it's October 31st and you're babysitting the neighbors across the street. Oh, Peter. Peter. I mean, Halloween? That's correct. Yeah, okay. This was a runaway by Aaron, but Peter, you got on the board twice, so that's good. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Like, uh... All right, that was games. Uh, let's move on to Out Now, out what's out now. These are movies coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week, and we have a few here that are pretty good. Uh, first up is Interstellar. Yeah, check it out. Do we like Interstellar? Yeah, I like it. I do. I, I'm, ex- I'm excited about the Blu-ray because it's going to have the... Uh... IMAX scenes? Yeah, it's got the two, uh, the, the dual form, the... It changes aspect ratio, so I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Um, I'm still it's packed with extras too. I'm excited. For yeah, that. I'm really yeah, excited I'm about the extras. I, you guys didn't have a problem with the fact that you thought that Matthew McConaughey, 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 sorry, as a character, like doesn't really have much of an internal. He has no real struggle as a character. It's I weird. Mean, he's, he's trying to get back to his. Trying daughter. to get back to his. Well, I guess, but that that's an external struggle. Is anyone like normally characters have like a? He's like trying a, to save a, save uh, the world. He, I mean, he he starts off the movie with 
with evil Martin Luther King right. yelling, at him, <laughs> yelling at him about how we didn't land on the moon. So, I mean, he's trying to prove a point here, too. He's like, I'm a pilot, damn it. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and, you know, I'm trying to save Earth. Uh, can, I, can I ask you guys a question with you're doing sure. this your, your Blu-ray thing? Um, do you guys personally, um, are you still pro format for Blu-ray now that iTunes does iTunes extras, which means technically you probably could have already watched all those extras two weeks ago on iTunes. Uh, two things. One, a Blu-ray still looks better than and sounds better than a streaming video does. As a person that reviews Blu-rays, it just, you know, I, I, I acknowledge that people aren't going to, not many people are going to necessarily know the difference, especially if they're only watching one and not watching them side to side to really tell you the difference. But I'm a person that, you know, been reviewing Blu-rays for four years. So, I mean, I, I know what the difference is. Two, extras are fun. I like getting extras, and I'm, I'm glad that they're coming in the form of, like, digital extras now so people don't necessarily have to go out and buy a disc if they don't want to. But the one thing that these still don't have is commentaries, and I'm a huge commentary fan. So and once they start doing that, I might stop, you know, getting a... Uh, hard copies of things at the same time most of the blu-rays are get her for free so it doesn't really uh, matter to me too much it's <laughs> interesting the one the one thing you did not say that i am very pro blu-ray for and i agree with everything you're saying but the one thing you didn't say is i gotta say um i really love packaging i do too i, I love that, yeah. i love i love like criterion's packaging i love like so that's a reason why i like oh that. for sure i mean that's why like criterion's always do i mean but ones in general i mean the babadook has a really cool special edition coming out uh, there's a lot of yes it, uh, interstellar at target i believe there's a steelbook case version of it that i'm going for for sure i mean there's plenty of things to admire in the packaging and you know i don't collect albums but i do have a massive blu-ray collection so i mean it's yeah. it's to each his own kind of thing but at the same time there are elements that i still you know certainly admire about having a blu-ray disc versus having a streaming version of it aaron are you, or abe are you the same way uh for the most part i do enjoy packaging i actually don't really collect blu-rays uh, except for ones that i really really want to get but i'm a big fan like what aaron said of commentaries and I'm a big fan of extra features in which uh, I, I get to delve into the mind of the creators behind something. So, you know, whether it be Wes Anderson explaining, you know, why he wanted George Clooney to go out in the open and do whatever he's doing in in uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, you know, I enjoy those things where it's kind of just giving you their perspective and also the technical know-how so that if you want to try it out yourself, you can. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's, there's certainly, you know, people that do a better job of special features than others. Something I liked about Paramount when Marvel was still under their banner is that they did a good job with those Iron Man movies. They have terrific special features. Now with Disney owning Marvel, their Blu-rays suck. So, I mean, it's it's a shame. <laughs> um, there's just not, you don't get, there's like two like two hour documentaries on making of Iron Man for the first two Iron Man movies. Then, you know, everything else is like 15 minutes. Like, here's everyone talking about how great this thing's going to be. That's boring. That's one of the problems I usually have with a lot of, Newer ones, yeah. right? I because it is basically just they almost found they, they basically feel like EPKs, like they're yeah, just basically they exactly. But I think Criterion because you have the now we've got some distance on the movie and it's made by different people. I love those. Extra That's why they're stuff. expensive because they had to go out of their way, and right? The budget yeah. to make these things and everything. Yeah, okay. Moving on because we're still we got a little long show here. Uh, Interstellar comes out this week. Wild comes out this week, which I was a big fan of. Also good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wild Card comes out this week with Jason Statham, which I was not a big fan of. Never saw it. <laughs> the Imitation Game comes out this week, which I kind of liked. I liked it. Yeah, okay. Um, Gravity Diamond Lux Ooh, Edition comes out. Oh, I can't wait for this. I, what's, I, yeah. what's neat about this edition, this is a new edition of the Gravity Blu-ray. There is a version of this film that exists without any soundtrack. So it's all it's all just dialogue and sound effects, no score. Um, so that's an interesting way to watch the movie. I'm excited to see how that works. Very excited. Me too. 
that that said, it's like the score did win an Academy Award. So I, anyway, um, <laughs> did you also, watch? Did you watch the when you got Gravity the first time on Blu-ray? Did you yeah. watch the 3D version? I I never did, and now now I'm looking forward to watching it on in 3D. I, I saw the I saw the theater in 3D. Yeah, I haven't watched it in 3D when I watched it again, but I do have a 3D TV, and I'll be able to. Right. I mean, so. Okay. Uh, also out, Silicon Valley and Veep, both oh, good shows. Check it out. Good shows, yeah. Um, Island of Lemurs, Madagascar 3D comes out this week as well, narrated by Morgan Freeman. Um, and lastly, there's a number of Criterions coming out this week, and Abe, you're going to like this one, Hoop Dreams comes out this week. Nice, yeah. Great. Hoop Dreams yeah. is a fantastic documentary. Fantastic. It is and fantastic. just a film in general, and see it. There you go. Okay, that's what's out now extremely cool. These are films that are currently streaming on Netflix that I want to recommend. I found one randomly on here to recommend, and it is Force Majeure. Uh, Force Majeure is a terrific Ooh, film from last good. year. Uh, it's now on Netflix streaming, so you literally have no reason not to watch it. So there you go. Uh, next week's show. Next week we're talking about Furious 7. Obviously, most of us are very hotly anticipating this movie. Some of us have seen it already, but it's very much a movie that I'm looking forward to talking about um, with Abe and with our potential guest. Obviously, Jose will be on because it has The Rock in it. And as we know, when The Rock's in a movie, Jose is a guest. Jose is on the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now, last thing we do before we wrap up here, what should people go see now and what do you plan to see next? Peter, what would you say people go and see in theaters right now? Wait, does this have to be something I've already seen then? So I can't say Furious 7 because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you can't say Furious 7 because you haven't seen it yet. Uh, well, then it follows. Yeah, there you go. That was easy. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a hard question. <laughs> yeah. What do you plan to see next? Furious 7. Right? Furious 7. Okay. <laughs> Abe? Ditto. Okay, I actually yes. Uh, well, I've seen I've seen Furious Seven. Um, You've seen Furious Seven. It follows. I would say I recommend. And if you're prepping for Furious Seven, uh, go watch other Fast and Furious movies. Um, and what I plan to see next, either I'll get a chance to see Kamiko, the Treasure Hunter, which I really want to see. Interesting. Or yeah. uh, I know I'm seeing True Story this week, the drama of James Franco and Jonah Hill. Fun to say drama, James Franco and Jonah Hill, all in one sentence. Um, <laughs> So, with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now, Out There, and an Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. You could, I mean, it, it's weird because I've, I've changed jobs now, and so I'm not at Wise of anymore, so I still want to say it. I'm going to say, go like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash thecodazeke, because I, everything that I do on all the sites that I write for is all posted there. So, there you go. Yeah, agree. It's together. Also, yeah. Also, find me on Twitter at Aaron'sPS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over at walrusmoose.blogspot.com or thecodazeke.com. And you can also follow me at Twitter, twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag Veep. Peter, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you know, currently, um, I, I do write for Very Aware, but I haven't written for them in a while because currently I've been writing for Game Revolution, and so my video game reviews take up a lot of my time. Ah. Uh, so Game Revolution is where people can find game stuff, but I'll have to get back to you on uh, movie stuff. Old man gamer over here. Yeah. <laughs> Games take forever. Peter's man. not even that old. <laughs> yeah, these, I was just at a Call of Duty event. Oh my God. These, these kids, these kids in their tournaments. I don't know yeah. about that. There, there you were wearing your hat backwards. Whatever they were to the side nowadays. <laughs> you got to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. <laughs> baby's toy. Exactly. Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwlod.com. That is the podcast network that hosts other fun shows like the Walking Dead TV podcast, Long Box of Doom, and other shows about comics and TV and fun stuff like that. You can listen to us over at outnow.podomatic.com, as well as soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. Uh, feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on It Follows or any other film that you might have seen recently. Ask us questions or answer our questions over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash 
Outnowunderscore podcast. And our Tumblr page, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. You can follow us there. And lastly, feel free to use our voicemail line, 972-798-3830. You can talk to us, or you can leave a message for us. Message, I mean, yeah. And if you feel like we're talking back to you, you have problems. But um, anyway, that's a good place where you can send an audio recording. Uh, Peter, thank you for sticking with us this long to talk about It Follows and everything else we talked about today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. It was really fun. Really fun. Always fun. And, and awesome. um, I, I know I'm looking forward to talking Furious 7 next week, but uh, this, this will be exciting, guys. So uh, until we get to that point, rev up your engines because that's going to do it for this week's episode. So, so long. And goodbye. Bye-bye. Okay. Okie pokey, artichoke.